three, two, one. Hello everybody, welcome to Afterlife, I am Jay Wade, and holy shit fuck Batman if we got one today. Oh, we are in episode number 31, and it really is a good big one tonight. Not only do we have the full crew here, but we have special guests, Robert and Vanessa from Late to the Party are here. But uh, before we get into them and some schmodown talk, let me introduce my fellow hosts here. As always, we've got the lovely Mike. What's up, bud? Oh, not much, bro. I'm just having the time of my life. How about you? Um, extremely, extremely hyped about this one, man. I'm super stoked. And uh, I, I know I know Sarah and Kaylin are, too. Um, let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny. We'll go with Kaylin first this time. How you doing? I'm good, and I apologize for being absent last week. My car decided to crap out on me, so I got to go car shopping. Yay! If I could be out car shopping right now, I would rather be doing that. No offense to you guys, but it would be awesome to get a new car. (laughs) Wow. Oh, sick burn. (laughs) There was one of those this week we'll get into also. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? How's your week been? I'm doing great. It's been okay. (laughs) Okay. Better than terrible. Better than (laughs) terrible. You guys, I love you guys. And everybody, now, the moment you've all been waiting for, we've been waiting for it all week, that's for sure. And fresh off of the live Schmodown event, um, we got late to the party. Robert and Vanessa are here. How are you guys? Hello, hello there. there. We always got to lead with the hello there. Hey, guys, after live. So happy to be here. Oh, we're, we're stoked to have you guys. Um, but... I don't know, man. I I just want to get right into this Schmodown talk. Like, I don't want to waste yep. any time. Um, we just watched it a little bit ago when they uploaded it to YouTube, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. A hell of a lot of fun. And um, just uh, just wondering, what, can you give us any background into why the event was was moved from Arizona? I I didn't hear if they told why, and I don't know if it can be told why. Oh, yeah, the the way that it all went down, actually, I found out it went down the same way for me as it went down for Chance, as it went down for Bibbs, as it went down for you guys. Something happened. Something arose in Christian's life uh, that he was not able to make it. And at first, I'm like, is it something we did? Um, But at the second hand, like, he made the shirts, he had the destination picked, uh, he was starting his promotions, and then it just halted. And uh, Christian is obviously the backbone of the Schmodown. And going out and doing a satellite from another city, trying to bring the show to, you know, a bunch of fans that are out in the, the country, uh, it's hard without Christian. It's a task. It's a daunting task. And I don't blame Mark or Ken or anybody who would have had to carry the weight of the show on their shoulders without him because he definitely is a spearhead. Uh, and and really, I think that's what it all just came down to. Yeah, stuff happens, you know, and, and like you said, taking it out on the road, it's amazing that they've been able to do that these last couple of years and getting out there. I mean, I never would have imagined it would have gone the, as far as it has. Um but um, I, I something else I got to ask you guys off the top here. I mean, is the first fans to join the league? 
Um, what was your experience uh, when you joined, and what has it been this season seeing all these new competitors who were once fans? I mean, you got Chance, Oyama, Smets. Do you guys feel a little more pressure now maybe as the OG fans turn competitors? No, not really. I mean, I remember when we first got in and being there, it was just kind of wanting to be a part of it. And now with seeing all these newbies coming in from being fans, like it's amazing. And it's kind of showed how like the Schmodown has progressed into this other thing. Uh, but I don't feel any pressure. I just want to go in and have a good time and have fun. That's really what I like about the Schmodown. Yeah. Our approach has always kind of been, well, hell, like I'm not passing this up. Let's go. So it's never really been a whole lot of, uh, thought behind it in terms of like putting our efforts to the level of Smets or the level of Oyama or the level of Chance where they fight on a competitive level for us it was like alright what's our costume going to be hey let's study <laughs> as much as we can let's go in there and play and our record shows it I mean it definitely has not landed on our side but when you look at the matches themselves from where we were to where we are now the matches that we're in, typically the other team plays the best game of their life until we get to the end. And it's like, of course you guys are rock stars going up against us and we have to take another loss. With the exception of Wolves of Steel, who did play the best game of their lives and we played the worst of our lives in the same episode. But that worry has faded away since we started to where we are now. And seeing these other guys compete, it's like, no, I succeeded my super ability of movie fights uh, or movie trivia battles a long time ago to these next-gen level uh, heroes. I mean, these guys are legends of the game. And, uh, yeah, I feel bad for anybody in their way who was at the top because if they're not going to put in that same energy, because it is a lot of energy and attention, uh, they are going to get knocked out of the way with this powerhouse coming through the Schmodown. So I have a question for y'all. Um, so... Y'all have obviously played several matches at this point. Is there someone in particular that you're going that you want to play coming up? The Wow Berries. <laughs> it was the Wow Berries, and I think that uh, we did that. Yeah, we did. It. I want to play them again. No, number two. Let's do it right I away. I would say this: that we would have loved to play against World's Finest when oh, yeah, they were there. Absolutely, that was uh, who we were aiming for first. Yeah. Because we felt we weren't on the wild side yet. We weren't as animated in our intros. We haven't really carved out this path of like, oh, we dress up every time. Until, like, I felt after we had that under our belt, then it was like, hell yeah, I'm going for the wild berries. But at the time, we weren't like that. So we were like, superhero news or world's finest or the Kingsmen. Um, but mostly uh, world's finest was the one that we definitely were talking uh, to Winston and Zipper about, like, when we get to play each other, because that's who we really did want to go for. And unfortunately, you know, it didn't go that way. But, uh, yeah, I would have to say right now, uh, Wild Berries, I want a second one, but a little bit of time to go by first. Well, it, it seemed like the Wild Berries were less drunk than usual. Was that the case? 100%. So the Wild Berries had to do something after uh, and oh. so they just had like oh. Chardonnay or Zinfandel. I don't know. Pinot Grigio. That's what it was. And I drank a little oh, bit of it. I don't know if it was on camera, but I drank some of Makuga's drink at the very end. He took mine 
drank a little bit of my scotch as I, I talked about in our post interview. Um, but I drank a little bit of his. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like, this is what you guys are bringing to this party. Uh, I needed to, to hit it hard. I was expecting them to hit it a little harder so I could have thrown in the stings the nostrils quote. I was ready for it, but it, it just didn't happen. He didn't have anything uh, noteworthy to drink at the table. I would say this, that if we had to pick a team now that is active, uh, actively in the schmodown, I would not mind going up against Inky in the brain. Rachel oh, Silverstreeny. Little insight. That was, <laughs> that's what was going to happen if the Wildberries didn't go. Right. Uh, little, little peek behind the curtain. It was going to be us and Inky in the brain, uh, in Phoenix, but the Wildberries made it work and I'm so happy that they did. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I got one more thing, a follow up to the alcohol bit. Um, now obviously there are drinks flying around, but what, what percentage, um, of the competitors would you say, you don't have to drop names, I'm not asking that, but what percentage would you say um, are intoxicated while playing? Is it, it um, like, is it a very common thing, or is it just maybe a few of them? I would want to say maybe it's just a few of them. I notice that it's maybe after the matches that they start drinking, um, but they're more focused, a lot of them are more focused on the game, so they kind of Drink water and then, like, get into their headspace or head game. So the times have kind of changed in the schmodown from where it was to where it is. Granted, where it was, it was more of a party uh, while a bunch of people were filming the show, putting effort into it. And then it became so much of a weld oil machine that you ended up having multiple matches a day versus, like, the two or three. Now they're doing, like, six a day when they're taping them. Uh, and it's it's work. So what you end up getting is, like, people don't really bring alcohol anymore. It used to be everyone BYOB'd. Like, when Mark made the comment about us bringing the IPAs, we actually didn't bring any. It, it is more of, like, a thing we were known for, but we don't do it anymore. The only thing I brought was my scotch, and that was all I drank was what was in that one glass. So there really isn't alcohol ready because it is an office. So you don't really see it happen a whole lot. But when you're at like the live events and if people can get their hands on alcohol, you better believe a few of us are, are rocking some beer while we're there. Never anyone drunk. The only one I ever got to see drunk was Josh McCuga. Oh, <laughs> man, I got to drink at the bar with Josh McCuga uh, when they did their comedy show in Phoenix and – Yes, everybody was buying Josh shots one right after another. And man, even though he was drunk, did not make an ass out of himself. He was a wow. fabulous freaking conversation. Uh, and I love it. Like, I love Josh McCuga. And that was before we ever knew we were facing each other. Um, so one of my favorite parts of the Schmodown is all like the costume entrances. Like, I look forward to those. I look forward to what people are going to come up with. And I honestly get dis disappointed when people don't like dress up or do something fun. I'm like, come on, I want to see something fun. I um, mean, I love like all the different ones you guys have done. So I just want to know how do you decide what entrances you guys are going to do? It's tough. <laughs> it's expensive too. It, like it's an investment. Oh, I can imagine. Well. Basically for us though, too, we kind of figure out, okay, who are a dynamic duo that we could do? Correct. And then we just kind of think of other things. And I remember I went up to, to Robert and I was like, hey, we should do a Wayne's World one. We've never done it. Nobody's done it yet. Right. I love Wayne's World, so we should do it. And it was also to the fact that it was like after, it, this was before we did Wayne's World and it was after Halloween. Right. And I went to Spirit Halloween to look at all of the cheap stuff that they have on sale after Halloween. Sure. 
and they had the wig for uh, Garth there, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna buy this, and yeah. then that's kind of how it started. It wasn't really like, I like if we have a list or anything. It's just kind of like I saw it, I was like, oh, we should do that, and then we did. And we do have some that you know we pop in our head, and we'll keep them for a little while, and say that's what we're gonna do. Uh, for instance, the police academy one. Our we already were purchasing our outfits for the police academy entrance, uh, but we didn't know when we were gonna play again. And we knew we were going to utilize the Wayne's World entrance. So what we ended up doing was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to go solo on Police Academy. The free-for-all is a good time when I can do it. And Vanessa wanted to do the Darla cosplay, and I didn't have anything that could match with that. So that was a good way to kind of uh, have your own type of entrance. But normally we just think of those pop culture dynamic duos of like the 80s and 90s uh, and eventually somehow – do one that not everyone has done already because like Bill and Ted's would be a perfect one, but it has done been done and it was done really well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, there's still, uh, I think some in our mind that we thought of that could show up eventually down the road. Would you want to maybe drop one of them or a hint as to one of them that you're thinking about? Yeah, it's pretty wild, but that's pretty much all I can say. It's just <laughs> going to be a wild, a wild game. So basically, you're gonna go as Josh, <laughs> and uh, I got what I, I oh I feel stupid now is uh, Josh's partner Dewberry. Dewberry, Elliot. yep, Elliot. yep, yeah, um, Wild Berries. It's in the name, the Wild Man and Dewberry. <laughs> I know. Um, our uh, Josh, the uh, the owner and operator here of uh, Merc with a Movie Blog, he uh, he was telling me that his favorite costume of yours was Wayne's World. Personally, I liked the weekend at Bernie's the best. Yes, hell um, yeah. But which which was your favorite? Which was the most fun for you guys? Um, I for me would probably be the Wayne's World because uh, that one is every yeah. The Wayne's World would be the there <laughs> was more thought one. and effort That's put true. into the Wayne's World yes. one to hit certain jokes at certain times. Right. The we're not worthy. The denied. The fact that the denied worked out. At all, um, like I was so happy. If you watch my face, I'm watching it play out exactly as I was hoping it would, and it does, and it it landed, and I was so happy. But with Anchorman, man, I was sitting right next to Josh, and I was just staring at Josh and Elliot, like while I was playing. Like, holy crap, we're playing the Wowberries! Like, this is awesome. And I just I didn't remember to say the things that I wanted to say at the point where I was going to drop them. Uh, and one of them was going to be oh, Ron Burgundy saying that I don't believe you when when Mark said my answer was wrong. And then he would tell me, no, it's this answer. And I would say, agree to disagree. Like I was waiting for it. But unfortunately, like I was just so caught up with the fact that I already missed like two or three in the very beginning of round one. I'm like, you can't screw around. And then Vietnam War showed up and I felt like, OK, that was good. And then I got another and another and I felt back, but it caught me off guard to the point where it's like, well, got to put the character aside, got to play the game now, which is something that uh, can ruin your, your, your game as well. But we're at the point where we don't, we don't care. We're just there to have fun. Uh, but yeah, I do want to get answers right and not look like an idiot and get knocked <laughs> out in the second round again. Um, I wanted to know something, um, a little more, uh, specific to the game that y'all just played. So it was mentioned and y'all spun the category of Disney movies, which is something 
that comes up a lot on this podcast because uh, Wade famously <laughs> detests uh, the De- Disney animated movies. And we forced him to watch The Lion King a couple months back, except he claims he skipped over all the songs, in which case I, I think that doesn't qualify as you watched The Lion King. Um, but I was wondering if you were going to force Wade to watch one animated Disney movie, what would you make him watch? Okay, now, would we be able to watch it with him, sit there, and, like, give him reasons why it's amazing? <laughs> it's not left up to his own uh, uh, paralysis of love for Disney animation? Like, can sure. I sit there and convince him as it's happening? Like sure, worm tail or whatever. Yeah, that's that's clearly a lot of it. what we should have done. Yeah, because... we should have done a screening together and do that, but we haven't yet. So yeah, but it's just like I skipped over all the songs, and we're like, that's half the freaking movie. I watched what the did first you song. I watched the first one, and it was really hard to do, but I made it. The Circle of Life. Yes, it was that terrible. Was... The oh whole movie God. was terrible. Oh the entire God. movie was terrible. The only good part was fucking Darth Vader. What the hell? I mean, I, was, I don't know. It, 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 dude, it's Bambi, okay? It all goes back to Bambi. <laughs> so dramatic for him. Oh, Bambi. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, the Disney isn't, isn't my forte whatsoever. <laughs> so given that... And in particular, he seems to have an aversion to dead parents in Disney movies. Um, Disney has an aversion to dead parents in all his movies. <laughs> so what movie would you give him to watch to be like, this is like one of the best? What are you going to make him watch? So I was sitting here thinking while you guys were talking. And at first I was like, okay. I would say maybe Mulan because I love the music for Mulan and I think that the story behind Mulan is great. But going back and thinking about it, I would probably say maybe The Rescuers or The Rescuers Down Under because one, you don't really have, you don't have music, you don't have like musical numbers in those movies and it does have a story that you can kind of, you know, attach yourself to. So I would say that or... The Great Mouse Detective. That's a good one too. There is music. There is musical numbers in that one, but it's a good movie. I would say forget Ooh. the animation. We're watching Pete's Dragon instead, and then I would just go on and on for three hours after the movie's over, and then make you go back and listen to the songs while I sing on top of them. Granted, Beauty and the Beast is probably my favorite Disney movie, so maybe we'll just watch that instead. So there's your answer. My my entire head is smoking right now. Just overloaded right now of, like, Disney? Holy crap. Beauty and the Beast is my jam. Like The fact that we got that wheel slice, like, they asked us, you know, the two that you would prefer to be on the wheel. And it's like, you know, we always ask for Disney. We never even get close to Disney. So let's do Disney and comedies. And it's, it's so funny, though, too, because before the match, we were standing uh, waiting. And the, we could see the wheel. And we could see everything that's on the wheel. And so we're looking. We're like, okay, uh, we are pretty good at this one. We're pretty good at this slice. We, should, we could be pretty good at this slice. We kind of, like, see where we would want to go. And then when it landed on Disney, I was like, if it lands on Disney, watch, they're going to ask questions about the dark age of Disney, you know? Yeah. Like the, the old school old Disney. Old school Disney. But that's a chance very... you got to take. 
That's but, a chance, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. You know, they I, I always want comedies, but they could very much ask a comedy that I don't think's funny at all and never watched. And, uh, like, that's the chance. I just so happen to get lucky that I watch a lot of stupid comedies, <laughs> as does Chris Galicki. And uh, he puts those questions in there, and it happens to work for me sometimes. You know, that's how I feel about inner geekdom at this point is, like, they're asking questions that I'm thinking, like, yeah, I've seen the Lord of the Rings movies. I totally, <laughs> you know. And then they're asking questions that I'm like, I don't even know any of the words in the multiple choice option. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to pronounce them. So, they, you know, they just sometimes they just go so deep dive that I don't like you're like, I totally know this category and they totally screw you over. Um, hey, I would love a deep dive in comedy. I would love some Weekend at Bernie's. That's actually why I dressed up for Weekend at Bernie's. And we did that because with Weekend at Bernie's, we would get it a little bit more noticed in the schmodown. So that way, hopefully we would get questions because it's like, oh, Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, let's talk about that one because I could go for some deep cut Weekend at Bernie's. Although going back to like our um, costumes and thinking about it, too, we do go to thrift stores a lot of times oh, yeah. during the weekend. We're like, you know what? We'll just go into a thrift store and we'll actually walk around and then costumes will kind of pop up in our head and be right. like, well, this kind of looks like this character. And Maybe we could do that. Tom Dagnino loved your hat that you got from the Goodwill that she wore for Weekend at Bernie's. Tom Dagnino was gushing over it. We should have given <laughs> it to him. Well, we still can. I have it still. Now, was he drunk? <laughs> I, I was just about to ask, please tell us some, give us some insight on what it's like to uh, be around Dagnino. Magic. It's hypnotic <laughs> conversation, magic, higher level thinking, it's tit just, for tat. It's very interesting because when you're in a conversation with uh, Tom. Da Tom Dagnito, you don't know where this conversation is going and you think it's going one way and then he kind of goes into a different direction and you're like, wait, I thought we were talking about this. And he's like, no, I've been talking about this other thing this whole time. But the way he orchestrates it, it's like you're not confused he takes it into a narrative and you yeah. think he's lying because you're like, there's no way. And then he starts pulling out evidence. He starts calling people. He brings Mark Ellis over. People corroborate his story. And then you just piece it together and you're like, holy crap, Tom Dagnino wasn't lying about coming down to Tucson and doing a documentary on Lisa Frank. Like, because we live in Tucson. We know Lisa Frank. Like, this is a thing here. And so <gasps> when he tells us that, it's like, wait. What? Like, that's a thing? And you look into it. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Cancun next week. What? What do you mean you're going to Cancun? No way. And then all of a sudden, his Instagram's full of Cancun. And you're mm -hmm. like, what, dude? Like, what do you do? Where are you from? You're a magician. I still don't fully understand what he does for a living. Like, I, I'm still, I know that it involves driving a big van or something, but. The swindler. He's a no good, dirty swindler. I love it. He's a, uh, I don't know, man. He's, he's <laughs> definitely <laughs> talented. <laughs> oh my god! I don't now, think I've ever seen him drink either. Really, really, yeah, really? I've never, yeah, I've never like the ones walking around with the beers is like Ellis and you know like uh, uh, Robert Meyer Burnett and that's it. Uh, Dewberry, a hundred percent, but never like I've I'm never sure seen his hand. Made. His arms are always crossed. Like when he shows somewhere really? his arm or his hand is up, one hand is up over his like chin and he's thinking or he just talks, he's animated. I just, I feel like I, I have, even when we were at the bar, he just stood there and talked to us for like a good hour and not once did he ever go and 
get a drink, but Ellis like brought bought us around. I think even Tom bought us around, but I never saw him with a drink in his hand. It's crazy. It's just his his high comes from his level of intelligence because that dude's a genius, much like Saul. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. We- Oh, we've been trying to figure out how to get a hold of Saul to have him on the show. Um, I mean, I don't even know that he would. He seems like a really private guy, which is just fine. But, uh, you know, I, I, we've been trying to at least try to get a hold of him, but there's just no way to. That guy is great. Yeah, he, he's a character for sure. Um, so it seems like this Chris guy is like his bestie. One that and- went to the, the party with him? Yeah. 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 And uh, maybe we can get a hold of him that way because we've been trying, but he's not on social media. So yeah, yeah, it's hard. That's why he's so mysterious, man. Saul's got a mystique to him. Seeing his picture kind of broke the mystique a little bit, but then it created and added a whole new level of character to Saul. And uh, I'm very happy with the progression that this character of Saul has gone through this week because he did a a hell of a thing and a magical escapade that. Uh, levitated him to one of the highlights of Collider Live. Absolutely. Now, I have a question for y'all. What were you picturing before you saw Saul? Because I was totally picturing Joe Pesci. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what yeah. I thought. Like, I'm like, oh, that's totally what this person must look like. And he looks nothing like that. So what was All in right. y'all's brain? Not that. <laughs> Not what he actually looks like. For me, I, I don't know. Like, Dark hair, New Yorker, just kind of not facially hair, not facially hairy, I guess. Like, I just, I wasn't expecting that, but I love it now that we got it. Like, I'm so happy that is Saul. Like I said, it just added a level of uh, character to his mystique. Yeah, I just. Could be fun to see him get a match or something. Maybe 100%. see him get an ex- exhibition match against uh, Finstock or something, maybe. He's open to it. I, I would love to hear that. him and Finstock talking together with each other. That would be great. It definitely would be putting two geniuses against each other. One of them will probably only walk away, and the other one will assert dominance and get killed by the other. <laughs> and, or they'll merge into one. We'll get uh, a Tom Dagnino and Saul hybrid, uh, which would the world would be screwed. That would be interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I want to jump back just real quick and ask about the wheel. Um, do you know why they didn't use the old wheel? Uh, it breaks in an up, upcoming episode. It it does break. Uh, um, and well, we didn't. I didn't even see the, the, the old wheel. We look, I looked for it. I didn't I see it, it there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, from what we find out, it does break, and so we we go back to the old one. Yeah, you'll find that. Oh, out. does it break like during an actual taping of a match? What we heard, yes, it does break. Uh, oh, thank and God! And that's—I I don't know if it's on camera or not, but oh. it, it does—it does break, and they end up switching over to the hat, which I believe Christian and Mark talked about in a past episode. Yeah, yeah I think you guys. Mm-hmm. I think if it doesn't show it breaking on screen, it you probably can tell when they decide to. It, and it was like a tin or a hat right. or whatever. It was right. I, I'm just still mad that uh, we didn't get to see the old Collider live table break on air. So that's why I'm like, I'm like, this might be my chance to see something break on air. <laughs> Well, I le- I'll let you know, we have seen the footage of it breaking. Uh, it's nothing crazy, nothing big. It's just like the thing falls it's off. It's just a little, like, 
So I don't know. If, at the top I don't. We, we have seen the footage of it happening. So I, putting it putting it into the show, I think, would be great. It's a great yeah. part of the story. It's a part of the the as much of a character as everybody else. The wheel is. So yeah, leave it in. They need to do a, like a mini documentary about the progression of the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, there there was one in one of our matches that Robert went and spun from the pegs. Back in and the day, it, before it was a yeah, rule. Back in the day, before it, yeah, before it was a rule, and yeah, one of the pegs flew off. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I've seen where didn't a couple of wedges fall off one time. Yeah, sure. that's yeah, a, that yeah. has happened as well. Yeah. I've seen that happen, and then Christian got very, very strict about his spinning from the wheel and not the pegs rule. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask now. While we're on the subject of the wheel, do you? So we know famously that, like, um, for instance, Clark Wolf has uh, detested the wheel. She had a very hateful relationship with the wheel for a long time. So, what has y'all's relationship been with the wheel so far? Uh, I was very happy to see that wheel again, having heard uh, that other competitors were not satisfied with the new wheel, um, just the way it handled itself and slowing down and picking the, the slices. I think it was too abrupt versus the suspenseful click, click, click. Uh, and I think that kind of took away some of that aspect of the game. So when I walked in and I saw it was click, click, click again, I was like very happy Um to see our old friend. However, uh, it just depends on who built the wheel, and we've been satisfied with every wheel we've gone up against, with the exception of the Wolves of Steel wheel, but that was a tournament, so it's basically just a mix and mash of all categories, not really what you are personally good at, and that wheel was nasty. I hated it. And I also like to say that uh, now that we have done the We're Not Worthy dance to the wheel, I feel like the wheel is going to be kind to us. There we go. Because we got Disney. I hope so. so. Yeah. Yeah. First spin, we got Disney. And they spun Spinner's Choice. Which took away my guns moment. I was going to totally do the, you get your tickets to the gun show and get up and go up and spin the wheel. But again, I just. Stop calling your arms guns. guns. Uh, But unfortunately, yeah, those moments were taken away, and that's just sometimes how the game plays. Um, what, uh, our, our producer guy, uh, Josh, he, uh, wanted me to ask you guys specifically since he wasn't able to make it tonight. Um, he was wanting to know if, if your match against the Wildberries was always meant to be unsanctioned. Um, because I think it, it didn't, it didn't count against either of your records. What well, it was kind of like an exhibition in a way. See, I don't know if that makes sense christian i know did say it wasn't canon very similar to the patreon type matches but at the same time i think he just meant it's non-canon in the fact that it's not part of like the storylines it's kind of a standalone where Mm. uh all the other ones still count against their records but i would assume like there's no reason why i we wouldn't take another loss like uh Nothing about this game was different. We were just moving around faster because it was live. But other than that, like, I take another loss and give that Wildberries their extra win. Like, it was well worth it. Yeah, I think that this still goes against our record. It's just, it doesn't go, it's not part of a storyline. And we're, it's not part of the tournament. It was just a one-off 
between us and the wild berries uh, type, but it does still go against our record. So we are one for. And we will meet again one day, <laughs> hopefully, sometime. Oh, for sure. We want that. <laughs> so my other question is specific to this match. I noticed that um, you, Robert, had to, for, at least for round one, had to sit between Elliot and Josh. And was that, uh, did that contribute to any nervousness or anything? Because they are high energy people. It de- it definitely contributed to like my enjoyment of the game. Um, I actually, I even told Vanessa about it afterwards that at the point where I was sitting between Josh and Elliot, I did what Jim and Pam did at their wedding and took mental pictures. Cause I was like, this is, amazing right now i got one on each side and we're playing the wild berries and i i was just kind of i don't know joyous happy calm like it just it i definitely was the most calm for this one than i've been for any other ones uh and playing against those guys like it's just fun a lot of fun and you can't match their energy you don't even need to try to match their energy so just do what you're good at, and that's sometimes when you're lucky an off-the-cuff remark, you know, I'm the one kicking your ass against Team Action. Not like I planned that. It just happened. <laughs> I got lucky. But And then there was the other part that they did cut out when I told Andrew, Guy, uh, did you need Vanessa to spin the wheel for you? Because he couldn't get it to go around. He couldn't get it to go all the way around once. And oh then gosh. everybody booed him, and so did Copster booed him. And then uh, I said, do you need Vanessa to spin that for you? And the footage cuts back in where he's telling me, well, I don't know. You respun hers. Uh, and they left that part in. But in our vlog that we shot for uh, that match, uh, I left that other part in so you could hear it happen. But you get lucky. And I just feel like the wild berries are just so good that you can't really – get a jump on them so i just did little ones like the she's a scorpion woman when he talked about uh his wife and she gave him the answer because she loved the movie that he knew the answer to and you know throughout scorpion woman i think josh was quoting ron burgundy more than i was throughout the match um but yeah that's all you can do is just like enjoy the moment against wolves of steel yeah i was scared shitless that that i was like it's gonna be terrible i'm exhausted i'm tired and now we got to play and the wheel's terrible uh this is gonna be a bloodbath and it ended up being that yeah they're excellent excellent team they're i i already miss them um so oh shit i had a question where'd it go had that moment today too did you see oh, that man. he was just dragging it out from the friday episode he was uh he had a thing in his mind where it just faded away and he tried so hard to get it back and i felt for him i'm like christian that's me every day like i, I hang on to what i can and then it's gone like i had a solid question I'm sure you did it's and just it gone it just went away did. completely it's just gone I guess I should probably ask a question at this point because I've not said nothing at this point. Um, so I'm Riley uh, over here, freaking I mean, Yodi in the corner. Exactly, that's how I feel. <laughs> I expressed this before in the previous episode. I'm Yodi. I'm, I'm the same way. <laughs> so, right, uh, what's the difference between? The live show and a taping of the Shmoda. That was my question. (laughs) (laughs) Great minds. Great minds. 
Uh, uh, Everything is pretty much the same, uh, but the big difference is you actually get to see yourself on the screen while the entire show is playing out to everybody. So you know what camera is on and what isn't. So when the camera is not on us and it's on Ken and uh, Mark, we can readjust. We can whisper to the wild berries. We can break character, uh, move our drinks around. Like we know when we're not being shown. So it's a little easier to kind of maneuver around uh, and get set up for your, you know, next round. But that's something that doesn't happen before all you see is point totals and you're just playing along and you don't know where they're looking or who's looking at what. Um, like when we did the post interview with Emma, like there's a video screen right there with us on it. So we're, we know, you know, that we're on, yeah. we're talking, it's live, don't mess up. Uh, very proud when you can get what you want to say out without stumbling over it, which I, I've gotten lucky a couple times in post interviews. <laughs> um, but that was one of them. I was very happy the way it played out. I got to throw in a quote about the glass case of emotion. Uh, and I didn't know where I was going to put that. And I ended up just throwing it right there, brought the scotch into play. Uh, and yeah, being live really kind of does put the pressure, but I think you perform a little bit better because it's live um, now granted probably would have been completely different in front of a live studio, big or live arena audience, you know, at like, uh, the Tempe improv, that would have been definitely full of fear, but here it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I, I, I liked it yeah, compared for, to the, the other tapings. I mean, for me, it felt just the same as a taping. It's just after a while, I forgot that it was a live taping. So, um, I just played the game like I normally play it when we're just doing like a taping versus it being live. No stopping. Like there are, there are right. times in the, the tape shows where you do have to stop, reset, move the camera, get this. Hey, don't forget to mention this. Like for instance, when, when Mark talked about it being a tournament match or they said it was a tournament and then they just had to come back and say, Oh, it's apparently it's not a tournament. When Dewberry got a perfect score and they're like, Oh, he's got a perfect score. Daniel LaRusso is joining the fight. Like I just, it felt live. Like, Oh, that's what, Oh, Elliot got a perfect round one. Like I love that live feel to it. And you do lose that when it's taped because it's like, Oh, by the way, this was that. Okay. We'll do it again. And then you do it again because that's how you keep a polished show. Yeah. But that's what made it more fluent and faster uh, during the throwdown. Right. Yeah. Um, it's now speaking of the, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, I was just saying that it flows a little bit more, uh, Easier, I guess. On an even keel. Uh, yeah, easier uh, with a live versus taping. That makes sense. I mean, you know, you'd have to because you don't have those options of stopping. So yeah, you've got to be on key there for sure. But on the taping uh, episode or the taped matches, um, how long? I mean, I know you said they tape. Would you say about five or six matches at a time? Typically, yeah, it's it's quite a bit. There's a lot of work, and they do a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, to fit with everyone's schedule. Like, we get uh, emails, too, when there's going to be the big taping days where they're going to knock out quite a few matches. And then uh, we're invited to every single one. Unfortunately, we just can't make it, but we'd love to see it all go down. But it is definitely a well-oiled, organized uh, machine in terms of filming, so that's why they're able to do what they did with the throwdown and make it very um, uh, lacking in the error department. You know, I've talked about last last live shows where it's like audio issues and it's like, well, they're still trying to figure it out. You know, they're yeah. they're correcting their errors from each one. And 
Um, the fact that they're able to put on this level of production, but live shows they got it down cold. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite a sight to see. Um, about, about how long does it take when they, when they tape the five or six matches all at once and, and what kind of things go down in between the tapings of the matches? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of fun, but I mean, is there, is there anything specific, maybe any specific times or stories, anything sticks out in your mind from being at a full day of taping? Yeah, surprisingly, it's about an hour a match. Uh, you, you see about an, they allocate about an hour and then your call time is typically a half hour before your match. And while this is all happening, you know, people are in there shooting their matches. You have your audience in there and then Christian will have multiple members go around and they're working the show. You've had Ben Bateman ran our pre interviews when we were Wayne's World. Um, I've heard, uh, uh, who else was it that was doing it when we were there? Um, they delegated it to, I forgot who was they delegated out to. Same with the producer that did, uh, the sh- spectacular when we were there. They actually brought in a producer that was running the show when it's the big ones. Um, they but, also do a lot of the, you know, cutscenes, uh, right. during the live matches. So there'll be, do, people will be, taping a match and then in the big studio area they'll be doing the cutscenes. right so i mean there's constantly things going on in different portions across the the studio so you hear quiet on the set quite a bit and you know you need to shut up because they're about to film a cutscene somewhere within the studio they'll do stuff outside like it's it's quite uh crazy how quickly they try and get it done and like i said the matches they allocate them for usually an hour they got to be rolling by the time they hit that top of the hour um, and they got to hopefully be done. So you could take a little bit of time to do your po- pre and post interviews, but uh, it, it really, there isn't a whole lot of time allocated for that. The stuff. only time that you really get to feel like you can have time to talk to somebody is during lunch. They do break for Correct. lunch um, during that time. But even then, like, some of the higher uh, tier uh, members of the group, like Christian and Mark, and maybe some of the managers, like when they need to do cutscenes, they're sometimes doing it during lunch as well. Right. So they don't get even the time to like eat yeah. the food that's there. Yeah, it's definitely a, a business, and and they're running the show the way. You know, the way I would think Vince McMahon and all the, the crew there at the WWE would run it. You know, they're filming these promos in the back and these cutscene and these pre and post interviews and call times and who's doing what and who's mixing with who. And, you know, it's definitely organized by them. And uh, as long as you stick to the schedule, like it, it, it turns out pretty well. Excellent. Right so what was the behind the scenes going on for the live event? for the live event it was cool because you know we had elliot and josh of course i mean elliot and josh are great i remember my first interaction with elliot or at least one of my first interactions at collider right after mark ellis was elliot dewberry and i got to talk to him and he was still a villain back then with ricky uh and I just told him how I really enjoyed his approach to the game, especially as a heel. He's sarcastic. He's 
Uh, he's intelligent and he can throw it back at you just as quick, but he doesn't do it by, you know, uh, a slanderous way or overly dramatic way. I saw myself a little bit in Dewberry. And so I, like, I caught that interaction on camera too during our vlog to our first time at Collider. And, uh, so being there with Josh and Elliot and not a whole lot of other people, there wasn't a lot of people there for the live event, um, just enough to run the crew and then a, a handful of fans that made it to watch it. And just being able to spend time and talk with Josh and Elliot behind the curtain, because that's where you really get to have a little bit of fun of who you're going up against is behind the curtain. And uh, getting to talk with them, that's when he was, you know, telling me stories about how he threw out a quote about, I'm going to marry you on top of a mountain to his wife. Because, you know, Anchorman uh, meant a lot to him. So he he really had a good time with our uh, outfits and our characters for that. But, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it felt like being home when we're at Collider. I'll tell you what, though. And this could be a transition if you want, but I, while being there, something I've wanted to do and haven't been able to do until now, uh, I got to go into the Collider Live studio oh, wow. and <gasps> w- walk in. The door was open. Yeah, the door was open. And every time we go, the door's locked. And so this time the door was open and I walked in and I just looked around and I closed the door a bit to see Schnepp on the door. And then uh, I just looked at the cameras like I got all close and looked at the camera placement, the clock on the wall. Like I definitely was uh, just smell the mic enjoying it. I I didn't. No, I didn't. I I didn't. I forgot, actually. But. Uh, next time, next time. Like, what's Robert doing? He's in there sniffing mics. What the hell? <laughs> no, he's but I, I was looking at the cameras, looking at the wiring. I looked into the the Cody and and Alex's uh, corner. Um, it it definitely was a, a really fun experience to be in that Collider Live studio. Yeah. Yeah, and that is a perfect segue. And but before we get into Collider Live, we're going to take just a short pause for a couple of promos for uh, some other Merc with a Movie Blog podcasts, and we will be right back. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years. As we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's names, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, Schmodown fans. This is Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am here to tell you about my show, Talking Schmodown. Whether it's Andrew Guy getting hit with a chair, John Roca screaming, Outlaw! Or the emotional retirement of the Shirewolves, I talk about it all. So you can catch me right here on Anchor and all the other major podcasting platforms. So, as I ask every episode, are you ready to talk Schmodown? I am. And we're back from those promos. Be sure to check out those shows. Uh, you can find those on the Merc with, with the Movie blog feed on Anchor and all of those places there. Uh, and, yes, before that little break, uh, great segue, Robert, into uh, into Collider Live. Let's jump into this. Um, first and form- foremost, um, we got a new player in, in the in the world of writing songs for Collider Live. Um I don't want to butcher his last name, Jonah Galagas. I think you guys back. 
What is it? Gallegos. Uh, the Gallegos. double L turns into a Y. It's Gallegos. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, Jonah, if you happen to hear this, because I've reached out to him. We we want to we want to get him on here and talk to him. He's these songs are amazing, though. But what what do you guys think about this guy? And the, he dropped three songs this week, and every one of them were great. I think it just kind of shows the dedication and the ability to kind of take what it makes Collider Live and turn it into a song. I can't even listen to the Yodi and Cal song. Um, I I don't want to listen to the Yodi and Cal song. And just hearing uh, Mark say, like, don't play it, don't do it, uh, I don't want you to do it, because I will be just in tears. And it's like, we, we met Cal, we always asked for Cal, we always talked to Riley about Cal, and so I was like, oh, damn, like, he had to hit it home for uh, Yodi, because that means a lot to Yodi, and yeah. it means a lot to everybody that loved Cal, whether they knew him or not. But him coming out, swinging for the fences when it comes to the heartwarming stuff, but then going on with the Chips song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alex, man, I love Alex, but Chips is here to stay. It doesn't have to be prominent, but it's not going anywhere, so it's great. Yeah, and that Roxy Lost Her Way song, <laughs> holy crap. That's so good. Uh, I, I so just good. wish she would let the guys help her. That's all I'm going to say, because I was, I was telling Kaylin earlier, I'm like, I can totally go on a rant on this one. Um, but I, I just wish the guy, that she would let the guys help her navigate. That's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, what those I- who wander aren't always lost, so I feel like that girl got to wander. That girl got to experience life. She's going to stumble across some amazing adventures by going on these random excursions. I know I did when I went somewhere. I didn't even know where the hell I was going, but quite a story usually comes out of it. And we see that story in Collider Live when she comes back with, this happened. And it's just, yeah, it's infuriating because you're like, Roxy, come on. Like, I want to <laughs> scream like Josh anytime he wants to just lay down the law. Um, but either way, yeah, I, I love when she just gets lost for the sake of the show. It's great. Um, and what I don't get about it, and this is just my tiny rant, is my husband and I were in Los Angeles for a total of like four days. And... By the third or fourth day, we're already, like, figuring out how to get places without GPS or anything. We're like, yeah, that was down this road. Let's go there. So she's lived there for, what, a decade? I mean, (laughs) Roxy's very much the kind that lets technology do the trick. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's why I love they were able to translate it uh, into this song, Jonah Gallegos, with his Roxy Lost Her Way song. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I love the cow song. I've listened to it a few times. I break down every time. So it, it, it is, it's worth listening to, but it is very, it is very warm and, and, and touching and hard to listen to, but I'm sure yeah. it is. I'm going to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to, to, uh, some more songs by him though, for sure. Um, are you got I I'm I'm pretty sure I remember that you guys are you, you're pretty big fans of the solo movie, aren't you? Enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed the score. Uh, I really enjoyed what we got from it. I absolutely would have loved to see the Lord and Miller version, mm. um, but all in all, like we got what we got, and it was a safe version. The way I felt about. Um, Solo was probably how a lot of people felt about Rogue One when it came out. I, I, I guess I felt the same way about both of them, where there could have been something more. They had something more, and they just sh- cut it short a little bit to be a little safer. 
And I feel like, uh, you know, we got what we got, but it opened up doors to things like the Darth, or I'm sorry, the, uh, uh, Darth Crimson Maul. Dawn. Yeah, oh, Darth Maul Darth and Maul, Crimson yeah. Dawn. Uh, that whole aspect of, uh, of a series, because we know Ray Park as well has shaved his head again too recently. So, um, mm. we, we don't know. Mm. Maybe something's going to be coming from that, but I, I, I hope it happens. Would you guys want to see Solo and Chewie Lando in a spinoff, or would you no. maybe want more like Christian was saying with Crimson Dawn and stuff? Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, you have a, uh, a defined answer, don't you, Vanessa? It's so funny. She's sitting over here queuing up, ready to talk. She was lo- locked and loaded with her defined answer. She's like, no. Uh, for me, yeah, I me I neither. Would, <laughs> I would want them to go off and do some more new things and maybe go into Crimson Dawn. We did get a, we already know Lando, we already know, you know, Han Solo, we already know Chewie. And it's cool, like, to see them when they're younger, but I kind of want to go f- a little bit and maybe try some more characters that we haven't that are in like legends and in canon but they're not in the forefront and maybe like go that way as well yeah it's definitely good for them to uh put uh their first series out post return of the jedi because that is definitely an era that we have not been able to get into whatsoever besides if you're reading the old timothy zahn novels um, and going into the whole, you know, former universe of Star Wars. And I just feel like it, I would prefer that way. However, we do know that Maul is a very hot item when it comes to the Clone Wars or Rebels or that storyline. It's something people actually do care about. I love um, Darth Plagueis, that book. I mean, Maul is a part of that as well. And I just feel like there is something to be said about that era with Crimson Dawn. Uh, and I think that if they wanted to hang back there with a live show and being that it is Filoni kind of hanging around, being the guy somewhat in charge at that level, then I think that, yeah, it's a way I'd rather go, but we don't need to go the Han Solo way or the Land away. I think they, they kind of lost their opportunity with that story thread. But what do I know? They could just go right back to it and make a two, and I'd pay to go watch it. Yeah, but the, but the the they did set up whether or not they intended to at the time. The ending of Solo with Maul and Kira it perfectly set up a streaming uh, series if they wanted to do that. But it also set up a sequel too. Like if they wanted to do that, it did give them options. True. true. So it, it would be uh, silly for them not to continue something they invested in, but at the same time, if they're going to jump into this whole, it's a new era of Star Wars, then now's the time to shake off the past, kill it if you have to, and just move forward with something towards the future, which I'm really looking forward to. I really wish they would get into these original Star Wars stories and uh, not so much, you know, tied to, you know, the core characters that are Star Wars. Mm, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I have um a confession. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I like Amelia Clark all that much as an actress. Besides, no, it would, it would I, I take a same. couple 
it would take a couple missteps for anybody to to make that uh, judgment, and I, I I could see where you could absolutely make that judgment. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, she's so damn cute. Sometimes the way she just talks, and I love her in interviews. So that's why I love her. But I totally get it. I no, like I, her in this movie. I, I don't like her in anything else. Like I love her in Game of Thrones. Besides that, I <laughs> love her like her like in interviews and stuff. Um, and I haven't seen a ton of other stuff that she's been in. It's just that I, I don't know. I like, I so want her to be as powerful as she, like in everything she does as she is in Game of Thrones. And I think that's part of the problem. Like, you, you just can't be that powerful in everything you're in. And mm-hmm. so I, oh. it just, everything else just falls a little flat, but that just came to mind because we were talking I'm- about solo. Well, uh, speaking of Amelia Clark, I am actually looking forward to the new movie that's coming out with her, uh, last, last Christmas. Christmas. So that should be interesting. See, and that's Let the thing is, trying, trying something new might work for her too. Yeah. Uh, let yeah. me ask. I've not seen that trailer. I refuse to watch it because, based on the name of it, it, it seems like it's probably some stupid love story. Am I completely wrong? <sighs> It's got a mysticism hanging about it that is in the vein of It's a Wonderful Life. So you aren't going to – everything you're watching isn't as it seems. There's going to be a twist. There's going to be something otherworldly involved in the story to tell this Christmas tale. And that's – it comes off in the trailer – like you can see, if you're if you watch the trailer, you can kind of see and say like, oh, okay, she's gonna have this relationship with this guy. Right. But if and they ha- they said that they're gonna have a lot of of the music in there as well for Mariah Carey. No. Oh wow. Well, I don't know oh. what music then because the only Christmas. Mu- yeah, I don't. Oh, uh, my George Michael. Oh, is it George Michael or Toto? Because I would like no, Toto George to Michael's, sing it. No, George They said they're gonna put a lot of music for that. So okay. We kind of took it as, you know, with that song last Christmas, or, you know, I, I gave, I gave you, my you my heart, heart the very next year. You and the very away. next year, you, you know, so I feel like there is going to be something different. I and, think they're going to do the whole thing like Heart Condition with Bob Hoskins and Denzel, Denzel Washington. And it's where he <laughs> dies and his heart, his heart gets transplanted into her to save her life. I'm sorry if I'm ruining the movie because this is what I think is going to happen. Yeah. And then the it's whole time he's like an it. angel. Yeah, he's like an angel that's just kind of, or like his, uh, it's he's his, just there. And yeah, his, his aura is with her as she's experiencing his heart and he knows it's in good hands before he You were selling me leaves. on this movie. Right? I, I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, I, the cold. reason I didn't watch the trailer was because I thought it was like some stupid love <laughs> story <laughs> Christmas romantic. Now I'm like, I'm interested. I'm so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's watch exactly it. what we think it is going to be. Watch the trailer with that in mind, and it, it it totally makes sense. And if it's not that, and it's a straightforward love story, then I got you guys. <laughs> that's what happens with trailers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I promise that if if it is a straight up love story, and I do go see it based on your recommendation, I will not sucker punch you as long as you don't <laughs> wrestle me to the ground like Zach Morris and A.C. Slater did back in the nice. old Say by the Bell. Um, because we found out this week that Peacock's streaming service is coming. Um, and they're gonna reboot, uh, they're gonna reboot, 
Battlestar Galactica, Saved by the Bell, and Punky Brewster. Now, Punky Brewster's the odd one in there, but whatever. Um, but they played that clip. Now, who all here, by show of voices, since I can't see hands, um, was uh, was into the uh, Saved by the Bell? Duh. This, I, I will field your question for this one because honestly, man, the, the the second that they started talking about Saved by the Bell on Collider Live, I was just so happy because I am a diehard Saved by the Bell Same. fan, including the college years, including yep. Zach and Kelly's wedding, Hawaiian style, yep. like uh, they had Good the Morning Miss Bliss. Hell yeah, Zach and yeah, all there. I'm a huge fan, uh, and I, Mike, like, how exciting is it that this is happening? Oh, it's just, I, I just can't wait now. But, but here's a stipulation that I've heard just recently, and I don't think they talked about Collider Live though. And I shared it with the group here in the Discord chat, uh, privately. They didn't address, uh, or contact Mark Paul Gossler for the series. Get it. I, I totally get it. Uh, really? I don't think he's gonna be a part of it yet. Which, unless it's which successful. Is, which is weird because the log line for the show is Governor Zach Morris. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I have did an find that a bit odd. That's yeah, just I think so I'll odd. Have a, an oppression over, like he has influence over the storyline of the show uh, without actually being there, and everything's gonna follow uh, Mario Lopez uh, and Elizabeth Berkeley. And I think what we're gonna hopefully not get is basically just another Girl Meets World type sitcom with them. Like, but at the same time, it's like, well, that's what Saved by the Bell was. So are yeah. we gonna go the more scripted kind of? series like they did with Hawaiian style or when Jesse's dad got married uh in Desert Springs or Zach and Kelly's wedding like are we going to go more that way which I would prefer or are they going to go you know the sitcommy laugh track type fuller house way see for be- me I I think that uh, they might go the way that Degrassi went so you had the Degrassi mm-hmm. in the 80s and right. then you brought Degrassi mm-hmm. back like for the for in the early 2000s, but they still had characters from the 80s in that show, and then they brought it back again with the next generation for Degrassi, so I feel like maybe that's probably where they're gonna go with, and have like a whole cast of characters that go to school, but you'll also have the older characters from that, too. And I have to say, there is nothing wrong with Girl Meets World. And I'd say, I would say you're right, but it got cancelled shortly after its run, uh, and look at Fuller House too. Fuller House technically just split their seasons up, uh, like in half per year or mm-hmm. spanning two years. And they ended up with what? Maybe four seasons, I four think. Four seasons, yeah. And now it's done. So it's like, okay, like, are, are, how are we going to approach this? Is this going to be a throwaway? Which breaks my heart because it's saved by the bell. I want it to go the distance. But mm-hmm. at the same time, is it the laugh track type sitcom that is harming it? When they can elevate it to a more scripted style, which Saved by the Bell has done before. So I wish they would go more that way to make it a little bit more like Vanessa said, the Degrassi style. But all in all, for Punky Brewster, Soleil Moonfry still killing it. Um, and I loved her on Saved by the Bell as well. She was a villain taking the boys for all their money and anything she could get. Uh, and then at the same time, going with Battlestar Galactica, everything that has happened before will happen again, so say we all. So I expect there to be a reboot to Battlestar Galactica once again, mm-hmm. uh, because that's exactly what Battlestar Galactica 
invokes is uh, a circular trajectory. I feel like what they're doing is Battlestar Galactica. They're like, I see you, CBS All Access, and I raise you, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, right. with your Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, so. Yeah. so there's another thing about that, too, because uh, something else came up recently this week with that, and the creator that's going to uh, run it, Mr. Robot Creator, I can't remember his name right now. Yes. Is that like, I got to shout that at Josh McCuga at Collider and it was great. Igla. 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 No, Igla. no Igla. so, no, he came out saying it's, he came out recently saying it's not a reboot, it's actually a spinoff. Or Battlestar Galactica? I, I hope that's yeah. true. Yeah. That'd be awesome. For Battlestar Galactica. That'd be so awesome, just, but then we also had Caprica, which I have right here, the first true. pilot on DVD, but it just didn't work out. I, I know. Eti Morales, so he's amazing, but uh, Eric Stoltz as well, but it just it didn't work for me. Yeah. So, yeah, it did fall know. a little flat, sadly. So hopefully yeah. it, it works out, because I'm a big fan of Battlestar Galactica. It, it, so. it's, they're doing exactly yeah, what we said all of them were going to do. They're all going to make their streaming services. The guys uh, and Roxy have talked about it before. Uh, and we're all going to just end up getting, you know, multiple streaming services to be able to watch these kinds of shows or torrent, which you should never do. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to tap in to check out, uh, Saved by the Bell and Battlestar Galactica to see what they got Same. going on. But yeah. Yeah. I think I'll let Punky Brewster go. I'll just remember that from when I was a kid. I don't know what that is. For me. You don't know what Punky Brewster no. is? It's, Holy shit! I, I am younger than all of you, so maybe I've that's why. Heard of it? And what's coming to oh. mind is like a little sassy girl. Is that right? I'm yeah. right there with you. I've never seen Punky Brewster. I know of Punky Brewster. <laughs> I've don't. seen maybe like I've seen clips on Facebook and stuff about Punky Brewster, but I've never watched it. Yo, I got a ton of Punky Brewster cred in our one of our reactions for Stranger Things too. Uh <laughs> and they show Punky Brewster on the they TV do. and they show George Gaines, who uh also played Commandant Lassard in Police Academy, and he was her caregiver on Punky Brewster. So like I drop a George Gaines, I drop a Slow Moan Fry, and everybody's just like, Man, with that George Gaines reference, like who the hell pulls Commandant Lassard? Uh, and it's because I watched Punky Brewster going up and they got serious. There was an episode of Punky yeah. Brewster where one of the kids got locked in a refrigerator and they couldn't oh find her. God. She ran out of oxygen and they had to get oh the paramedics God. to save her. I remember yeah, that. crazy. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, Punky I Brewster was real. It, there was some serious shit, dude. It wasn't just all fun and games. Halloween episode, I'm episode it up and- scared me. I looked it up and I have no idea what this is. <laughs> like, a punky, book a punky Brewster Halloween. So scary. Freaked me out as a kid. Uh, but yeah, like punky Brewster, I'd be okay with that, but it's, it probably wouldn't hold up because it's not being able to be viewed by a general audience, only subscribers and that you're really limiting yeah. your, your viewership. Uh, hey, hey guys, real quick, check this out. Um, Sarah doesn't have any idea of Punky Bru- about Punky Brewster, but hey, Sarah, what's Uh-oh. the name of that that real old guy, Uncle Jesse from Full House? What's his name? Oh, John Stamos. Yeah, she knows that. <laughs> uh, Come on, it's girl, John Stamos, John. though. John, yes, okay. Everyone that watched Full House is like, oh, John Stamos, Uncle Jesse. Like, we know. <laughs> He still looks like Uncle Jesse right now. Yeah, that's because it helps that the man has, like, some freaking uh, super genes 
to make yeah. him look the way he did back then. He looks dude. better now. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Like, like Steve, all admit Steve it, yeah. yeah, dude looks good, man. He ages very well. They all aged very well, honestly. I think. Yeah. Him, uh, Rob Lowe, no, no. Keanu Reeves, Donny Osmond. Oh, Rob, yes, yes. Man, all of them. I mean, I would say maybe not the, the Olsen twins. Well, the Olsen oh, twins, well, yeah. they, that was money and greed that just fueled their bones and fueled their, their blood forever. They were freaking ahead of an empire for so long. Know, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that takes a toll on you it when you're a two. freaking lead. It takes two, yeah. The Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen action epic, it takes two. <laughs> I had nothing what? for that answer in the Schmodown. I had nothing in the Schmodown, and that was my answer. And it Why just flew out of my you? brain. I well, don't know. We had completely <laughs> different answers. I was going to, like, if it was about a, a person, I was going to say the uh, Shakespearean, talented, award-winning actor, Carl Weathers. Like, I was just going to come great. up with some random stuff, and It Takes Two just popped out of my head because uh, I love that movie. It's so good. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in forever, but every time I see... Um, oh shit. What is his name? The, the, the Green Bay quarterback. Um, uh, Brett Favre or the new the, one? The new, the current. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Every time I see Aaron Rodgers, for some reason, I think of that dude who, you know, adopted all the kids and he was really mean. <laughs> butt licker or butt kisser. What was it? Little Betty butt, butt licker. I don't. Butt kiss, yeah. Little Betty. Butt kiss. What is happening? <laughs> what is, uh, yeah, you're talking about my Packer player. What's going on here? Guy I'm talking in about it takes in the two. movie It Takes yeah. Two. Oh, oh, okay. For some okay. reason, sure, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, they don't look, they don't look exactly the same, but I always think of him. So every time I see Aaron Rodgers on screen, I think about the movie It Takes Two and I think, ooh, I need to watch that movie again, but I haven't watched it since I was a little kid. Chrissy Alley, Steve Gutenberg, we could turn this into an It Takes Two podcast. I'm cool with oh, that. This is, just like the Tuesday, this is just like the Tuesday show. Like, do you remember the Tuesday show of Collider Life? That was batshit crazy. Like, it, they went everywhere on that on that show. Oh, yeah. And that's, oh. that's the best kind of show. We'll just talk about I'm... all the straight to DVD American <laughs> Ashley movies that came out. Okay. Um, I have, let's see, which ones do I have? I have Women Our lips are sealed. We're actually going there. We're actually going there. Oh, my God. I have Our Lips Are Sealed. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. That may be the only ones I have. Do you remember the show they did when they were teenagers? Yes. Um, I, what was it I called? Did, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I don't. There's Billboard Dad or something like that. I think it's called something Billboard where they try to get a billboard for their dad because their dad wants, uh, is like not having a good time with like finding someone to date. Which is the one where they got whipped cream pouring like waterfalls. Give me pizza. P I Z Z A. Yeah. Oh, it's... that's their song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I used to oh, yeah. have their album, and I would sing brother that. Brother for sale, only 50 cents. Trying to sell their brother. What the hell? So, Mike, how's the weather up there in uh, Wisconsin? Uh, it's not this that is where Cody was playing the music. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'm done with this. We're moving on, as Christian would say. Um, <laughs> What's next on the agenda? Um, well, actually, I, I can't believe I forgot to put this in the notes. Solid fucking solid move by Mike here. Cause man, yeah, Christian pulled a wicked burn on Roxy. She set herself up for that so bad. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just like, well, I think we should call everyone significant other. 
And oh. I did it did hit me, but but then they just I mean Makuga yeah. wheeling his chair back <laughs> yep. into the corner. <laughs> like, oh burn. Yep. The significant other burn definitely was uh it was like the explosion at the end of their random hilarity throughout the episode thus far. And that yep. just they just burst it out into freaking laughter after that. It was so much fun. Yeah, I find the most interesting and fun episodes for me are the ones where the where whatever order and structure that that they had at the start just goes right out yeah, the window. Goes out the window. That's the best ones. Like Tuesday show for me was like the best of the week. Like I I have it on my computer. I actually want to do something with it to upload on Collider Live Facebook group, maybe. So uh, uh, it's gonna be fun. It definitely yeah. shows like that mentality of your friends in the living room hanging out. And sometimes, you know, it's work. You got to turn on the microphones. You got to turn on the camera and film it. And other times, like you capture that magic of why you guys are friends in the first place. And that's what takes precedence over your shows. And those are the best shows to watch because it's all natural. It just comes out of their character of who they are. What's really fun is trying to explain to anyone who doesn't watch Collider yep. Live what it is. Yeah. Because I've resorted to when my mother asks me what I'm watching, I just say, oh, I'm just watching my idiots on YouTube. Um, <laughs> because I don't know how else to describe it to them. It's like planking. You either get it or you don't. And I don't get it. No, yeah, it's definitely something not for everybody. So you little should hear time. Me when I'm- you should hear me when I'm trying to explain to people what this show is. You know, oh, yeah. if they don't, you know, because it always starts, well, okay, you got to follow me here. Um, there's another podcast show called Collider Live, and it's just people looking at you like a deer in the headlights. Like, uh, okay. That's why you just explain to them what Collider Live is and then throw up the meme of Leo saying we have to go deeper. And it's just mm-hmm. another level of exactly what I just explained to you. And that's your show. I like that. I'm Perfect. I'm going to clip that out, actually, and see if we can put that in a promo. There you go. There yeah. You go. <laughs> um, uh, Wednesday, they brought up MoviePass and how it's not quite dead, which I don't understand. Um, they're trying hard. Dead. What's that, Sarah? I thought it was announced that it was dead. It, it, apparently it's not one of the, some, I can't, I can't remember exactly what they said, but some guy is trying to revive this thing, man. He's oh, down there with paddles, doing the paddles and mouth to mouth at the same time, trying to revive this thing. But, uh, Robert, Vanessa, you guys, you have your, uh, reaction channel on YouTube, which is, uh, where you guys started, you know, and got noticed by Christian and whatnot for Schmodown. Um, you obviously go see movies a lot. Did you guys use Movie Pass? And if not, did you use any services? And if so, what were they? Oh, we do not use, or we've never used Movie Pass. At one point, we thought mm, maybe it's a good idea to get it because we do go to the movies a lot. But it was kind of towards the end of it where it was starting to go to the de- decline. And so once AMC came out with their A-list, we eventually got that instead. Yeah, Stubbs is amazing, and we use it every day. We use the, the, that's the one that we use, because the AMC uh, is, like, 
two minutes from us, so that's where we go the most. Right. So A-list a was a no-brainer for us. Yeah, it definitely does come in handy for us. I wish they would do like a family thing where multiple people can have it for a discounted mm. price. But until then, um, AMC is the only one that we use. And it's funny because MoviePass feels like the guy in uh, Monty Python's A Holy Grail where he's just, I'm not dead. I'm still <laughs> happy. And he's just like, oh, you're dead. No, I'm not. I feel fine. I think I'd like to go for a walk. But it just won't die. And I think really what the guy who's coming in trying to buy it up and get it back to where it was is it's the infrastructure. I mean, everything was kind of built for it. It just needs to be properly It could be like Will Ferrell's character in Austin Powers where he's like, <laughs> I, I, I'm okay down I was here. just thinking that. Over, over the it's starting to smell a little like almonds. <laughs> But yeah, I think, you know, the infrastructure's there, it could work. Unfortunately, more people like ourselves are inclined to use the service that's being provided by the theater we frequent themselves. Mm-hmm. So I would probably never see MoviePass coming back, uh, no matter what, you know, anybody does, unless it's a company that's willing to buy it up for its infrastructure and make it their own uh, loyalty program. Yeah, yeah. So for y'all, y'all y'all seem to go to movies a lot. What is next on y'all's agenda for going to see a movie? We saw Rambo today, and it was between Rambo or Ad Astra. Um, but we chose Rambo because Rambo is badass, and the guy spoke so highly of it, of course, with what they said and with Saul's experience. So it's like, yeah, we got to watch Rambo. Um, but, I mean, other than that, I don't even know what comes out next weekend. Uh, besides uh, the Downton Abbey, which I think also <gasps> came out yes! this weekend. <laughs> yes, and I m- am attempting to go see it tomorrow um, it, because that is the one of the movies I've been looking forward to for the rest of the year is Downton Abbey. And oh my God, Kate saying there's a lot of white women in this country. <laughs> 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 Very true. <laughs> and when they brought up the love, this is their end game. Like, yeah, it, yes. it makes sense. For real. Uh, and, it's going to do well. And I started thinking about it, and everyone I know who wants to see Downton Abbey is, in fact, a white woman. Yep. Um, so they hit that demographic right on the head. Um, so what have y'all seen? You said y'all seen Rambo. What have y'all seen this year that has been, like, your favorite movie so far? melted during Avengers Endgame. Like, it was just everything I wanted and more. Um, especially that whole final fight scene. Uh, it just says, like, w- what it's like when a when a company finally gets an idea of where they want to go with a story and works towards its conclusion. And for me, that was definitely one of the ones that dominated for me. Now, as a, as a fan of comedies, I'd say Booksmart was definitely one that spoke to me. I don't know what it was. I absolutely, it was my ladybird of this year because <laughs> ladybird, I absolutely so love. Good. It spoke to me, but Booksmart was one. And we saw that right when we got back from California after the free for all, I believe it was. And then we just went to go watch uh Booksmart. Um, but yeah, those are my favorite of the year. I would say Booksmart would probably be my favorite so far. This year, and then also Rocket Man. I love right. uh, oh. Terry Edgerton as um, Elton John, Elton John. In, the, 
in in, in this movie. So I'm. Yeah. I like Rocket Man. I gotta say, it's all about Joker. Like that is the one where I get giddy yes. when I see the trailer, and I haven't been that way about oh. a movie in a long time. Oh, do not let me forget before we let you guys go. When after the show, I've got something for you about Joker. So just don't let me good. forget. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Joker is right there on my list. Um, I'm almost at this point. I'm almost more excited for that than I am episode nine. I would agree with you, really? uh, which is crazy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a a lover of Star Wars, but man, those two trailers and the music when it hits, like I'm mm-hmm. in love with the visuals, the audio, and that could lead to a very disastrous time for me. Uh, if I just, I, I'm trying not to set it up in my head. I'm trying to go in uh, a little less than what you would expect from a Joker movie. Like I'm, I, mm-hmm. I want it to be very cerebral, very character driven, very uh, King of Comedy type aspect. And, uh, I, I don't think I'll be disappointed. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it far more than the next Star Wars, unfortunately. So with Star Wars, my husband is obsessed with Star Wars and, um, way back, uh, I just had a baby a couple months ago. Congratulations. Thank you. And way back when I was pregnant, I already booked my mother to babysit. For us to see Star Wars in December. And recently she was like, aren't y'all going to see a movie sometime? And I'm supposed to babysit. I'm like, yeah, in December. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh, okay. Well, we don't have to talk about that right now. But, uh, yeah, I had to make sure because he's like, we have to see it. And we have to see it opening night. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to happen. but That's my husband, too. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, we are going opening night, first show. I'm like, okay, here we go. (laughs) <laughs> For me, uh, I'm actually looking forward to Zombieland 2. She's uh, a... Yeah, I love Zombieland, so... <laughs> I was like, yeah, is she going to follow up with that? She's like, no, Zombieland 2. No, that's that it. Is no, all. No, I, I was waiting for a follow-up, but I, I mean, know, hey, so it's, <laughs> it's kind of like, so what do you think of the solo? No, before I even finish, no. <laughs> hey, man, she knows what she wants, and that's a good thing. She knows what she yeah, likes and doesn't like, dude. I told, I told her that earlier today. Breath, I'm like, Vanessa, you're very definitive. Come on. You come to, <laughs> you come to conclusions on things. I do. Uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what else that they can bring into these characters, especially when the first movie came out. I mean, like, yeah, we knew who these actors were, but there wasn't a whole lot of that they've done so far, especially with like Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin. And now that they're a little bit older, you know, you've got Academy Award winning Emma Stone (laughs) in there. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic going into the second movie. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm tired of zombies, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but I love these characters. So Mm -hmm. I'm ready to, to go back into that world for sure. And this is kind of funny zombies. This isn't quite yeah. like, yeah. this isn't like The Walking Dead, you know. But Shaun of the Dead is so good, it's hard to hold a candle to that. I will, yeah. And I got a hint of that <laughs> in their most recent trailer with their doppelgangers. And I'm like, oh, Shaun of the Dead did this too, but you're American, so you're doing it too. Um, but still, I'm expecting, like, seeing Thomas Middleditch and, uh, uh, who was it? Luke Wilson? Luke Wilson, yeah. <laughs> Luke Wilson taking over the Woody character. Yeah, it is going to be hilarious and I can't wait. Uh, I watched your, uh, I watched you guys' reaction to the uh, season uh, seven, episode one of Walking Dead, uh, who got killed by the old vampire bat. And when, when Negan says, 
she's thirsty. She's a vampire bat. And Robert, you start laughing. I laughed at the exact same time as you. <laughs> that you were right. That's a good line. <laughs> yeah, man. And and it's just some of these cleverly written dialogue moments. Like I just love them. Like in Rambo, there's a lot of moments, like the guy said, where you just go, oh, oh. And there's just I I respect witty dialogue. And sometimes yeah. when this witty dialogue shows up, I just chuckle or laugh. And it's just like that was good. Like I appreciate that. That's going in my book. Like See, I love it. I like the the lines where they say it and then they keep moving on, but you're still stuck on what they said beforehand. And then you finally realize it and you're like, Oh, that's clever. That's why we're called late to the party, <laughs> Vanessa. It was all based on you. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. We just got the origin of the name of their channel. <laughs> um, I just wish that, uh, the redheaded dude had lived in, um, the walking dead longer because I think him and Negan, you could have just put a camera on the two of them and they could have just riffed and yeah. made stuff up and it would have just been like a great comedy show. Um, uh, was but, that Abraham? Yeah. Abraham. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, because I, I don't know that either Abraham or Negan had any lines written in their script. I don't think they did because <laughs> they both, it just sounded so natural, everything yeah. that they would say, all the crap they'd say. They're the best yeah. part of that. It would have been a hell of a <sighs> dynamic duo, too, uh, if they were ending up on the same side. I haven't watched Walking Dead in a while. In fact, we dropped off shortly after the that episode, which mm -hmm. is like one of our highest viewed videos on our channel. But, uh, yeah, like people it, like to see me cry. Yeah. No, they, they keep coming back for it and they get mad if we don't. It was just like, what's wrong with you? Oh, cry. I need to see your tears. <laughs> Taste the oh tears. man. Uh, I was crying today. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I was losing my shit when on today's Collider live episode and I was kind of chatting with Kaylin at the time, and I'm like, holy fuck, you know, just like, dude, this is great. Um, and the, the, the specific thing that I was laughing about was all the impressions. I mean, at one time they had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Gary Busey, Holly Hunter, Obama, and Sean Connery all talking to each other. And I don't dude, I just don't know. Am I the only one that was just sitting here with wide eyes and open mouth rolling laughing? Oh, there was that, there was a scene, there was a part where Christian was taught, like doing an impression of Busey, and it was him and, and, and then, um, Winston was doing Obama, and he's talking about like they're in the grocery store, and like the thing that Christian says in Gary Busey's voice cracked me up when he was talking about how he has like the, the meat, or they put them together Jesus. so you can see Jesus Christ. Like the way he said that was hilarious. Yeah, like I could not stop laughing. I yeah. didn't. I didn't even hear Winston's, or I didn't hear the setup that Winston was about to be Obama. All I, like, I missed that part. All I heard was him being Obama. And I was like, that sounds just like Barack Obama. <laughs> and then later they're like, uh, said something about him. I'm like, he was doing Barack Obama. Like, he did it so well. And when Kate started doing Holly Hunter, I was like, oh my god, this sounds just like her. From the person who can do no impressions whatsoever. I just sound like me all the time. Um, that, it, that was insane. That was just amazing. And this is the crap that you can't describe to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. 
Because you're just like, sometimes they start talking in impressions and weird voices. I think it's just that experience that we got with these guys where we've seen these characters kind of grow. We've seen uh, uh, Gary Busey and Arnold grow. So when he taps into it, like it's you're in for a good time. The one that I feel is kind of fresh for me, even though he's done it before, was Sean Connery. So hearing uh, Mark Riley do his Sean Connery again, I'm like, damn, I forgot that he does Connery. Uh, and it just takes me back to that celebrity dating game that they did mm-hmm. on the Schmo's No Show. And I love when they all commit. And the fact that everybody was capable of committing with something that was actually respectable, where you're like, hell yeah, you sound like Obama. You sound like Connery. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Christian dancing between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Busey. Uh, it definitely is... is perfect for that hilarity breakdown that we used to get uh, during the Schmoes No Show. Yeah, just like Mark Ellis's uh, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> that was oh my, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. If only they had asked Dobby to join the conversation. Ooh, yeah. oh, I didn't even Cody. think about that. Wow. Oh, oh no. That would be terrible. See, that's the problem with analyzing stuff. Then you come out with a better way, and then you get disappointed because <laughs> they didn't think of that. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But we yep. did get Dobby. I think it was uh, last week. Uh, we got plenty of Dobby, and I enjoyed it very much. So uh, I even told him. I, I got to tell Cody when we were there that his whole Dobby thing is just next level. And I, I already have told him everything that he does is amazing, but Dobby was the next one I had to, to get on him about because uh, I love when he does the Dobby voice. Yeah, we, we've said it here many times that um, the show, is, whenever Cody's not on, there is a noticeable absence that he just... Mm-hmm. He is just so, so amazing on that show. Barely says a word, but you know he's there and you know what he's doing. So good. He commits. It's so good when everyone commits. I just love when he'll, like, throw out the different, like, snippet and clips and sounds and Mm -hmm. it catches, like, some of the uh members off guard a little bit like today uh he threw out a clip or a sound and riley just kind of lost it and he was just like laughing yeah, at over because it's, it. it's a perfect supplement to the joke it's like the extra little uh hit to the joke that he adds to it he elevates it to a whole new level and like what he's done with just orlando and being able to pull up orlando and it was I great. I almost started singing it too. <laughs> now the uh, the live show. I don't know if you could catch it, but when they said Orlando, all of us, everybody shouted and sang Orlando in the studio, <laughs> and we only did it once. No one kept it going, but it was like in sync that that's part of the culture now of Collider Live. And the thing is, though, it's like the best jokes are the ones that are blips of of energy and light and then they fade away so once they go away from orlando there's no reason for it to ever come up again and we lose orlando and it sits and marinates on the shelf until that time again when orlando can be used again but it's now a staple of collider live for orlando it is a staple of collider live but at the same time it makes me want to go see the book of mormon Mormon because of it It, it's actually going to be here in dayton uh i live outside dayton ohio it's going to be here in dayton pretty soon i'm i'm eyeing it i'm thinking about it so they should be paying them royalties i know it's coming here in in arizona as well yeah Yeah, for Um, sure can you tell when you're at like a 
uh, at a schmoes taping kind of who is in on the collider live stuff and who isn't based on who reacts to these little, you know, inside jokes and everything. Yes, absolutely. Cause you can kind of tell the people who are into it and they, they do the little chuckle like, haha, I know that. Right. They're like, I got that reference. It's funny cause at the live show when we all shouted Orlando, Megan, who Christian has mentioned a, a number of times, who's kind of the stage manager when it comes to the production. She's a production manager. And Megan runs around and gets everybody where they need to be. But when we all shouted Orlando during the game, she looked so confused as to why we all shouted because it caught her off guard because everyone needs to shut up. And we all <laughs> shouted. She looked at us and then she leaned over to one of the photographers and she's like, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's a Collider Live thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, see, not everybody is in on these isms, but those that are tied in with Collider Live get it. You just get it. And it's that's the show, and that's what we love about it. Yeah, yeah. Now, you had brought up Schmo's No Show. Um, how did you guys get introduced to all of these guys? Like, as far as finding their channel or, or hearing their podcast, you know, how were uh, how did you discover the, the, uh, the Schmo's? Well, it was a lonely, rainy day (laughs) in September of 2015. No, uh, it was more so, uh, we watched AMC Movie Talk with John Campia, and that's kind of how we got more into the schmoes, because eventually he brought them on, and we were kind of like, okay, who are these guys? We wanted to know a little bit more of them, because they they really seem like they fit there, and... I'll let Robert talk because he knows one thing too. Well, the whole thing is it was like a quartet. They were able to do something that you rarely get when it comes to those live shows, and that's everybody has chemistry with everybody, and it works on a level that you just – you admire, and that was John Campia, John Schnepp, Mark, and Christian. And the second that they showed up on the show, first, first it was Christian, and that's when I was like, "Oh, who's this guy?" Okay, getting into it. Oh, damn, he's throwing some references that I know that a lot of other people don't when it comes to Police Academy, certain things. And uh, then Mark showed up, Ellis, and all of a sudden it's like. Holy crap, these guys are amazing. What is this? Schmoes No Show? And I just went over and that's, I remember watching the very first episode of the Schmoes No Show, uh, and Tiffany was on it and we had Sasha Pearl Raver and she was newer to the show. Um, and of course Mance was still known as the Cocaine Donkey, which we're not allowed to say anymore. Uh, and it was, you know, very early in the stages. Josh McCuga had his own show. And it was in, you know, a little, it looked like a, a the back of a, a semi-truck or something, very small, very tiny, um, that they would go in and shoot the show at. And that was it. Like, that was that was the door opening to where it was like, oh, Schmoes No, new Schmoes No is on tonight, and watch the new Schmoes No show, and then, of course, watch Movie Talk. And it just became uh, a daily thing where it's like, yeah, I'm not missing Collider Movie, or I'm not missing AMC Movie Talk, and I'm not missing the Schmoes No show this week. And that's, that was it. Like, I remember we were at D23 in 2015 and we were very early, early stages of putting up our channel. Like we created the channel, but there was really nothing on it. And so we were going around D23 and we stumbled across, uh, John Roca, who I only knew from far, far away. Uh, and I, we stumbled across Mark and Christian and got a picture with them. And then we went to Disneyland and then I stumbled across uh, Mark Riley with Julie on her birthday, oh. taking her to her first time together to Disneyland. 
and they were still very early. They had only been dating for, I believe it was like a month or so. It was fresh. He introduced me as, this is my girlfriend, Julie, and I met her, and it was in front of Star Tours, and we took a picture with the background of Star Tours, and like that magic weekend, or that D23 trip, was the the kernel. That was the start of us saying like, hey, I can hold a conversation with uh, John Roca. I can hold a conversation with Mark and Christian and held a conversation where I felt welcome with uh, Mark Riley. And then it wasn't long after that, it helped initiate our channel to where we had confidence. You know what? Let's do our own thing. And we did it, turned on the microphone, turned on the cameras, started doing our own stuff right around that time. And it wasn't until uh, the Schmodown reactions where we were like, hey, we do have a channel. We're about 10,000 subs in. and Or I don't even, maybe it was 1,000. I don't even remember. But I was like, hey, we, we've got it down pretty pat when it comes to how to do reactions and all that. And we have a nice, decent following. And we're fans of the Schmodown. And we've wanted to do Schmodown reactions for a long time. And then Christian put the invite out uh, on the group. And that was it. Like that, we filmed the Schmodown reaction that night. Yada, 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 and the rest is history. <laughs> you know, yada, 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 the origin. Seinfeld, <laughs> <laughs> greatest comedy ever. Hell yeah, and it's moving to Netflix 2021, I believe. But oh, yeah. yeah, after that, Christian was very quick on it. It was like within a couple days, and uh, Christian was reaching out to us to find out the next time we were in Los Angeles so we could come watch the free-for-all, and it just... It blew up from there. And I think what just helped from there is we were consistent. We were fans. We knew the isms. We knew the quotes. We knew the characters. And at that time, it was still fresh. Nobody knew that level of intricacy with the exception of a couple other channels, uh, Anthony Gonzalez and, of course, uh, Take Three. Uh, and then us. And after that, a whole bunch of us started popping up. And, you know, there was those that watched the other shows that made you a little bit formidable in the space. And I think that's where we are now. Like Abby Friel, dedicated to art. Um, and uh, they definitely have this love for the show outside of the Schmodown. And that's what makes you a little bit more of a fan favorite is when you can attest to this storyline that is playing behind what is the Schmodown? There is more to it. And I think we just enjoy it more. It's almost like we read the books for Harry Potter, then watch the movies. It's more fulfilling for us because we've got the background to it than just watching the show. That's why it's so hard to explain, too, to people, because there's so much more to it when it comes to the experience that is uh, AMC slash Collider slash Schmozno slash whatever they're going to do with the future, the Schmodown network. So yeah. um, it's it's crazy how it's evolved. Um, I got a quick follow up to uh, about concerning your channel and whatnot. Um, for not only for myself, but anyone listening who may uh, want to get into doing some reaction videos, um, what? How do you? Uh, well, not how do you, but uh, is there any software you use specific editing stuff? You know, uh, like uh, on the technical side of things. Um, I mean, we we use uh, Adobe Premiere Elements. For our editing right now. And Adobe Premiere Elements software typically runs around a hundred bucks. If you buy it with a camera at like Best Buy, you can knock off like 15, 20 bucks. So it ends up being an investment, but at the same time, you're not having to, you know, have the things pop up on screen saying, this is just a trial. Like you actually get to use it and everything that you need for a startup channel, you could pretty much do in Adobe Premiere Elements. 
But if you really want to just get into picture-in-picture reactions, OBS is the best way to go. OBS, it's free software. That's what we do our TV reactions on because it it does a little bit better for the long format than what you do uh, with Adobe Premiere. Then I would say, yeah, OBS and a quality webcam. And it doesn't even have to be like your legitimate webcam. Just go get like a Canon camcorder that can have a clean audio out. Write that down. Make sure your camera has clean audio out if you're not going to go the webcam way. So that way you can just throw that thing, plug it into the wall, put it on a tripod, and record yourself for a long-form picture-in-picture video while using the free software that is OBS. And really, anybody can get into it. It's just you got to learn the system. And there's plenty of YouTube videos on how to harness the software to make it work for you. It's good. Uh. Thank you. That's that's good. I actually used OBS to record this podcast during the early years. So Perfect. yeah, yeah, it's for, it was perfect until we brought in Craig to do the podcast here. So uh, so convenient now, Craig, Craig, You should just start make a song for Craig. Santa Claus stole our presents. We Craig might letter. have to do that. A collider or not collider, but an after, uh, after live, <laughs> an after live song. For Craig. <laughs> It'd be oh, fun. Craig. So one of the caller questions of the week uh, that we wanted to express to ourselves basically was what character would you like to see a streaming series on? Uh, so well, care to jump in here? Go for it. it. Free was for it all. A, was it a character of any background, any place? Any, like any, anything. anything you want. To see That's in a streaming so series of its own. Ooh. It is tough. <laughs> I want Clifford with Martin Short as oh, Clifford, and we just oh, go wow. on adventures with him uh, just doing random things as a child. Uh, and they could even shoot a gorilla style like Borat, but just Clifford. And, uh, yeah, it would be amazing. That just came to my head because I love Clifford. Clifford the big red dog? No, Clifford, the, the small eight-year-old jerk who gets people into trouble. I thought the same exact thing, Kaylin. Oh, like, oh no. Oh, I, oh, you are gonna, you are gonna go on an adventure. I'm telling you. I, I, I'm I agree. confused. Who is this Clifford you're talking Martin about? Yes. Short. You, okay. you have to watch this movie. There is who a movie. It? Yeah, there's a movie out there and it's called Clifford and it has Martin Short and then it also has Charles, Charles Grodin as his uncle, Martin. uncle. Mm-hmm. and Martin Short play is supposed to be playing like this kid, but you can totally tell that he's not a kid and he's just <laughs> yeah. playing a kid and it's ridiculous, but it's a lot of fun and his name is Clifford. Yeah, Clifford. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, if you're a fan of Boy Meets World, uh, what's his name? The main character from Boy Meets World is in that movie. Ben Savage? Yeah, Ben Savage. Uh, Savage? Briefly, he's in it. Yeah, Ben yeah. Savage. Yeah, remember, Kaylin, Fred Savage is the good Savage brother. <laughs> Fred, Fred I Savage. about that last week. Fred Savage <laughs> is Princess Bride. Fred Savage is Kevin Arnold on The Wonder Years. I love yeah, him. No, um, see, and I'm... Too, well, I'm not too young to have seen The Wonder Years. I saw episodes here and there, but I'm far more attached to Boy Meets World. So I guess I'm far more attached to Ben <laughs> Savage, than yeah. to Fred of the Savages. Oh, Ben is the one in Clifford. He's there the whole movie. Clifford's telling him the story. Very much like uh, Peter Falk told Fred Savage in The Princess Bride. Yep. It's almost the same, actually. Basically. Pretty close. Oh, interesting. 
I've never seen The Princess Bride. Essa just oh. barely watched it two what? days ago. Yeah, I just watched I've it barely two okay. days ago. Okay. Kaylin, I've one. never seen it either. So. <laughs> oh, you guys. Okay, that's your guys' movie. When we do this again, you guys are both watching that movie. Yeah, you guys are both watching The Princess Bride for the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I, I will say I, that. I'm okay uh, with that. I know I've seen, like, t- tidbits here and there, but not never anyways. the whole movie. It's great. So I was going to say, growing up, that uh, I never watched The Princess Bite at all. I just w- actually watched it for the first time two days ago. Uh, Carrie Elway's, for me, growing up, was Robin Hood Men in Tights. Ooh, that that I have seen, but it's been a very, very, very long time. But yes, I have seen that. Um, and that's the dude, Carrie Elway's, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the dude. He's he's amazing. I love Carrie Elway's. Just recently in Stranger Things 3 as the mayor. So good. So he good. was... Uh, not aging the best. Oh, but, not the best, unfortunately. But um, very good. Um, I remember seeing the movie Saw for the first time. And oh, yeah. Maybe only time because those movies are pretty gory. They're hard to watch again. Um, and being like, is that the Princess Bride, dude? And <laughs> very different role. Very, very different character. Dr. Lawrence Gordon, Carrie Elways. Yeah, I love Saw. The first Saw is amazing. Leigh Wanell, James Wan, they did an incredible job. Yes, they turned it into gore porn and turned it into a long franchise that makes a lot of money over many chapters. But, you know, the first Saw movie, uh, Carrie Elways. And it comes back around, too, at the end with Carrie Elways. But, yeah, I love that film. And Carrie Elways is great when he's in a great role. Um, I, I was thinking about this, too, all week. And... Uh, with well, with the Disney Plus streaming uh, series coming out, um, I don't know. I think I'd really like to see a prequel series um, about Simba, but like when he grows <laughs> up and he has kids, maybe call it Simba's Shut Pride up. or <laughs> something like that. Um, wait, wait, what? What's there's up? A show, there's a show called The Lion Guard that already happened. That's oh. actually about Simba's grandchild. No, nope, no, nope, Simba's son. No, 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 no. Yep. The Lion yep. Guard, the Lion Guard, I thought the Lion Guard was about Kiara and Kovu's child. Nope, that, uh, Kion is Simba's what? son. Really? Yes. Okay. It's all about can, the Lion King one and a half. What? Great. Great. It's all about the Lion King one and a half with Timon no. and Pumba. No, 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 no. plays laterally to the Lion King. That it's is amazing. An unwatchable trash. Amazing. Quick before the hyena come. It's, it's <laughs> ridiculous, but dig I will tunnel, watch dig, it. Dig a tunnel, dig a tunnel, dig a tunnel, dig a tunnel. So good. Lion King one and a half. Oh. Now that's been a if very you, long time. And oh, if you've man. never done it, watch Brother Beer with the Brother Bear with the uh, the Bear. commentary on. It's fantastic. Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis doing the commentary uh, in their strange brew characters to the entirety oh, wow. of Brother Bear. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, Lion King one and a half and Brother Bear two. Very uh, or Brother Bear one. Very underrated. Both of them. I've yet to see Brother Bear. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what Brother Bear is. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Brother Beer sounds far more interesting to me. There you go. There's that Disney movie you could watch as Brother Bear. While drinking a beer. <laughs> That's probably the only way I could get through it. It's <laughs> Brother Bear that, Disney. Right? Yeah. Brother Bear is Disney. Okay. Yes. The Forgotten Disney. Yeah. 
Oh, all of this is bringing back that old cartoon where the bear is picking up trash, and he's like, picking up the trash, put it in the bag, boom, boom. (laughs) Well, it will be on Disney+, Plus, so there you go. Uh, Oh, Hey, at least make a prequel to Simba's Pride. I mean, come on, It's called Lion Guard. You can't make a prequel to it, which would be The Lion King. Exactly. I would would maybe enjoy that movie. (laughs) I'm Found not. a flaw with the Disney Plus. You can't watch Brother Bear with the commentary on. So now oh. my heart breaks. Oh. Never mind. Oh. Don't watch it. That's how they get you. Burn it down. Buy it. <laughs> speak, speak. I'm sure we've got Star Wars fans in here and Disney animated and original movie fans in here. Um, what, what are we each looking forward to from the Disney series or, uh, Disney Plus, Plus. streaming? Like, is it the animated? Is it uh, the Marvel? Is it the Star Wars? What are we looking forward to the most? Yeah, Disney Afternoon. I hope they bring (laughs) back all the nostalgia stuff. I hope they go back to uh, the old school Good Morning Mickey with Under the Umbrella Tree, Dumbo's Flying Circus. Like, I really want them to tap into the vault of what they created in my childhood, even just some of the Disney shorts like the windmill. Um, I I really hope that stuff's accessible, but I do have a feeling that that is very niche and they don't need to supply it and get away with having a good service. But that would be what I would want them to bring. But Vanessa, go on about your Lizzie McGuire. Oh, no, shit. I, I, Here we go. Here we go, right. baby. No, awesome. I'm really, I'm really excited to see. The, the, I, it was a surprise that they were bringing Hillary Duff back for Lizzie McGuire. But it should be interesting. I mean, she got her own movie on top of that. So that will be fun. But to be fair, like what I'm actually most looking forward to is getting that Disney afternoon um, shows coming back so that you can watch the originals, you know, like Dark Queen Duck, uh, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Like, all of those were yeah. part, you know, part of the childhood as well. But I also really, really, um, oh, oh, okay. And the fact with Lizzie McGuire that you get, uh, Robert, hoping that Robert Carradine comes back as her dad. It would be that amazing. Would be Louis Skolnick from Revenge of the Nerds, Robert Carradine. I don't know anything about Lizzie McGuire, but I do know that Louis was her father. And I, if that's a way to get him back into the spotlight, Bobby Carradine, man, he definitely deserves some success. And uh, I would hope he would be able to come back to the screen yeah. that way. And then I'm also, uh, if you guys watched our reaction uh, to Saturday uh, for San Diego Comic-Con, Right. Uh, where I got super excited, super screamy during when Tom Hiddleston came out for Loki. Oh, that is definitely oh. one that I am super excited about. Yeah, it was definitely a mood Vanessa Vanessa emoted uh, <laughs> when Tom Hiddleston hit the stage. So, yeah, the, I think for me the MCU uh, as far as far as the MCU shows. Um, the the Loki one is the only one that I'm really like chomping at the bit to see. Um, for me, it's the Star Wars is all I'm really interested in. I will watch other stuff. I'll gladly watch other stuff that they have on there. But even if all they had was one Star Wars series each year, I would still get it just for that. I, I, when it comes to original programming, yeah, The Mandalorian, only because you've got Filoni, you've got Favreau, you got Taika. I mean, all these powerhouses are involved and I absolutely do trust them 
uh, to put out a good show. Uh, and that is where I'm definitely hanging my hat for what I'm most excited for coming out of uh, the Disney Plus series. Now, from what we've seen, or at least to those that have Disney Plus already, because they have it right now. Uh, In the Netherlands. Yeah, the Netherlands have it, so they're capable of using it. And uh, from what we've seen, it looks like everything is on there leading up to, I believe, Infinity War for Marvel. Like, they don't have Endgame, but I think they already announced Endgame's coming later at the end of the year. Uh, In December, I believe, whenever it's releasing, maybe it's releasing and Endgame's going to be available. But at the same time, like, uh, people were going through the actual... uh, interface and all everything was there all the star wars were there uh all nine of them uh including all the clone wars rebels was there clone wars was there um you had that resistance one like everything was clickable and watchable uh on disney plus in the netherlands right now why the netherlands I don't know. It's kind of a weird sample that they would go for. I don't know. Maybe hmm. that Netherlands is the best place to put They're stuff like, out and not have copyright things bite you in the butt or people ripping it. I yeah. don't know. It could be the internet, the way it's set up. Hmm. It's an easy, maybe it's just an easy place to maybe. have their you got trial one, period because it's, it's only going to, it's, they're letting people use it there so that they can work out kinks. So. Yeah, and granted, yep. everything that's everything that's available on their streaming, streaming is stuff rights, that people already that own. Yeah. So it's not like they're putting out like Mandalorian; you can't watch it. So that's it's not true. like they're leaking anything. It's right. all the stuff that's available right now in stores. You can watch it on Amazon Prime or download it on you know the Disney Vault. Yeah, anything. True, true. Kaylin, Sarah, what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, Lizzie McGuire. Uh. Of course. Yeah. And um, I am also looking forward to just uh, going back in time to all of the, uh, we've already talked about here, the Disney Channel original movies. Yeah. Don't look under the bed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. I was naming a bunch off to my husband last night, and he goes, "I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is." Like, no, See, some of those I'll actually, some of those I'll probably watch because you know, yeah, Kaylin and and everybody here talking about some of them. They actually sounded like I might want to go back and watch them. It's weird. I'm, I'm an older dude, but I do enjoy kids' movies. It's odd, but hey, there it is. <laughs> Disney definitely knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to the content. You see everybody else scrambling around. Uh, the line has been drawn. You're going to see all these other companies fighting for this content. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting, interesting time. Like I was so happy when Hulu grabbed the rights for, uh, TGIF and they were able to show Family Matters, Home Improvement, Perfect, Perfect Strangers. Strangers. Uh, so like the fact that we're getting television that has been long, long since gone. And unless you thought of it, remembered it to seek it out on Amazon, now you're going to have a way to, you know, be able to watch them again. Uh, which is exciting for all of us. Yeah, it's going to put a dent in our pocketbook, but yeah, Disney definitely has us uh, by the pocketbook. So, yeah, for real. Sarah, you a Lizzie McGuire too? I, I think you are, uh, aren't you? Uh, well, so Hillary Duff was like a big role model for me growing up. So to see her come back, I'm just really excited. Um, and I'm definitely going to watch that. I'm really excited to watch all the animated classic movies that will be on there because i don't really own a lot of them they're all on vhs still 
So I'm excited to be able to watch them. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to go back and watch every single one of those. You sh- well, um, maybe not all of them, but no, there are some I'm that you kidding. Need to watch. But I'm I I guarantee you though, I am really looking forward to the uh the Robin Hood with the fox that, oh, I love that so much. I watched that all the fucking time as a kid. Love it. Love like, what do you got going on, man? You, uh, <laughs> what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm partial to the upcoming Marvel slate, which is like Moon Knight and She-Hulk. That stuff is up my street. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar. Oh, I'm sorry, what's that? I was just saying, it's going to be interesting how they interweave it with the cinematic universe. Like, I know, right? Definitely an undertaking. I, it, it, I'm curious for sure. I'm very curious. I'm very curious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know much about those properties at all, but they do sound interesting, and I really want to see what they do with the She-Hawk. That sounds like that would be interesting too. I, I'm, I don't know about this. Isn't from the Disney Plus, but I don't know what's going to go on with the. Uh, with the new Thor movie and Natalie Portman and all that. I'm a little iffy on that, but I, I, I trust the director. So I'm going to sit back and just wait for that one. Cause I love Ragnarok. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, uh, WandaVision as well, especially the fact that they said that that ties into Dr. Strange. Right. So I'm looking forward to watching that and then seeing Dr. Strange as well. I think I'm just totally confused about, WandaVision. Me too. Uh, and 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 I'm happy about it. that. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to be crazy that's and out one of, of like, the appeal. Mental. Yeah. Oh, that's... The basis of its appeal. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. So um on, that'll be on, good to see. One thing that made me excited about Moon Knight, being though I know nothing about Moon Knight either, is just how excited uh, the guy said John Schnepp would have been for it because he always talked about it. So because Schnepp was super excited for it, I was like, well, damn, there's got to be something to it then because Schnepp was in the know when it comes to these products and what would make good movies. Mm, and, Doctor uh, Strange? yeah, and mm-hmm. Dr. Strange movies or television. So mm-hmm. the fact, yeah, he was excited about Dr. Strange and then getting excited about Moon Knight, uh, got me excited about Moon Knight. Uh, so yeah, hopefully it's, Everything the fans wanted and then something for the rest of us that are experiencing it for the first time, which tends to happen a lot with Marvel when it comes to certain characters. And they've been doing all right so far. They could have done better with Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2, but either way, <laughs> Sam Rockwell, I still love him. Yep. Um, we, uh, we're we about going to wrap it up here for the night. Uh, uh, anyone have it? Yeah, party is over. Um, you guys were on time. You were early, though, actually. So yeah, we tried. might want to work on your like... timing and uh, <laughs> get lost like Roxy before you before you wander our way next time. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't rely on the GPS too often. Yeah, we go it's funny. Uh, we are called late to the party, but in all honesty, we hate, hate being, being late, late to places. <laughs> we should have called it. Yeah, we should have called it hate being late. Yeah. Um, uh, well, let, let's, uh, let's wrap it up on this because that's actually, I don't, I can't believe I didn't ask this before, but, um, how did you come up with the name late to the party? Is there something specific behind it? I was, uh, stocking movies at Best Buy in the back room and I wanted to, we knew we, we wanted to make a YouTube channel. So I was trying to figure out something that embodied, uh, 
us coming to the internet after everything's already been done before. We're coming in behind the real rejects, behind Tyrone, behind Collider, uh, behind all the vloggers that we watched, like Adam the Woo, Justin Scard, the Tim Tracker. Like they've already gone and done basically everything. They've been to all the events we want to go to. Uh, so we're like, how, like what embodies that? And so I just toyed with that for a while. And then eventually it literally did hit me like a bolt of lightning. Uh, and I, it's just late to the party and I started thinking about it. And the first thing I went is I looked up podcasts to see how many there were called late to the party. I went to the YouTube channels and realized that there really wasn't anybody except Eurogamer does a late to the party segment. Like we do better late than never, which is our retro reaction series, but they are not called late to the party. That's just what they call their segment for old games. So I'm like, no, there really isn't anything out there for late to the party. It embodies exactly what we are coming to the game late after everybody's already been doing it for many years. And so that's where it stuck. And I couldn't shake it. Like that's what it was. Uh, and then from there we ended up having the channel art made. Uh, by our buddy who hosts Better Late Than Never, Travis. And, like, we just hung on it. And granted, we had, like, no subscribers, no viewers, no anything. But we really embodied that whole being late to stuff. Plus, it took us longer to edit our videos. So when a trailer dropped, we were usually out, like, the next day versus that same day. So it kind of took on its own, you know, mystique of late to the party. And from there, it just kind of became the way of life. So now nobody can say late to the party without us popping up or hello there. That's why Christian even threw it in that promo before. Cause I know he said hello there and then realized, <laughs> ah, crap, late to the party commandeered it. Yeah. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi, but we commandeered it. And, uh, so now it's stuck in anybody who knows us around the bubble. It's stuck in their heads. Oh yeah. That's great. Um, anybody else, do you have any more questions to, uh, to wrap it up here? Put the official bow on it for like, for late to the party. Did on a high note. Favorite color is red. <laughs> Don't everybody talk at once now. <laughs> favorite favorite alcoholic drink. If you drink, you guys you guys love to drink. I love this crew. <laughs> this is fun. I was drinking real scotch, by the way, on that set for the schmodown. And you know what? I finished the entire glass. I think I like scotch now. That was my first time really experiencing it. Oh wow! It. I, oh, I, I gotta yeah. say it like. Uh, Dewberries doesn't like it. Uh, Josh doesn't like scotch. And oh. I think scotch is now my new favorite drink. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, right. I, I would probably go to maybe like a classic margarita is pretty good. Uh, mules are good. Um, a mule. It's kind of like a mixed it's drink. It's like a mixed drink. It's like a, uh, but like not a in hard a soda. Glass. Is basically what I like to call it. Like, it's like soda, but it's like has alcohol in it. And it comes in like a bronze glass, so you look tough. Yeah, those are pretty good. And then if I'm going beer, I'd probably do a blue moon. Yeah, she likes mm. the blue moons, but. Nice, nice. I'm not a big drinker, but if and when I do, I just like a, uh, I just, I just get a couple, few shots of kamikazes and I'm good to go. There you go. I'm yeah, very, I, I remember. Like... I remember my kamikazes days. 
It was a good time. Led to a lot of uh, aimless movie talking. That's why we started our channel. Uh, just these conversations that would take place. Uh, and like you said about this podcast, too, it's just a bunch of friends hanging out, talking about movies. And that's what the Collider Crew does. And I love that you guys have this after show to be able to take it on to the next level. We have to go deeper. So we appreciate you guys bringing us out for this show. Man, thank you very much for that thank compliment. You. Yeah. And we appreciate you coming on. This has been amazing. Yeah. Hell, we, hell of a lot of fun. We definitely we, are all in the same boat when it comes to the fandom that follows Collider, the Schmodown, and everybody. And we're no different than you guys. You're creating your own uh, platform, a way to put out your opinions, uh, exactly like we did with the reactions to the Schmodown and all those other channels that are doing it too. I know Christian, it means the world to Christian. Like it is crazy how much he feels a love for those that support the channel, whether it is the Patreons or those that do it in another way. Um, so yeah, we definitely are part of a, a, a very niche family. And, uh, we, yeah, we appreciate you guys inviting us because, uh, we always love to have these conversations and eventually, yes, thank you. yeah, eventually, you know, you guys will just keep at it and put in the work and, and I could tell you guys have and, uh, to put in that love, put it out there and, uh, the Christian and the whole gang, they appreciate it and they'll probably, uh, they'll, 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 they'll take notice, especially as you start getting, I know you guys had Winston, now you have us. Keep going, keep building this after show because, uh, look at right now with the, uh, the Schmoes No Show, uh, Ryan Snelling is taking that over with PJ Campbell yep. and, you know, that was an after show after Schmo, yep. uh, ended up becoming a thing too, like where mm-hmm. they're actually legitimately producing shows. So, uh, you guys are absolutely providing a service for this after live talk. So, uh, keep at it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, really does mean a lot to us all. And, uh, um, I, I'm, I'll just go ahead and drop this little bit right now. Uh, you'd brought up that we had Winston on uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, we, David B is a friend of the show. He was on with us last week. He actually wrote our new theme song for us um, here at After Live. But uh, I talked to her this week, and I will go ahead and say that as, as of now, we have Kate Mulligan confirmed for next week. So Ooh, that should be hell a hell yeah. of a blast. So That's awesome. I'm glad yeah. she's becoming more of a, a – a, a point on the show because the girls all together, uh, especially including Kate, like I love them being on the show now. So it's exciting. Yep. Yeah, it is. Um, and with that, the, uh, I'm sorry, what's real, that? Oh, sorry. Real quick. What, didn't you say that you had something about Joker that you wanted oh. to remind you of? Oh yes. Yeah, sorry. And Mike even reminded me too. Um, uh, well, I was just going to say for the, for the listeners here, you know what, actually, Let's just make that a tease that we've got something planned for uh, just a little bit of fun for, I believe it's what, November 4th is Joker October. premiere night? October. 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 doing this all oh, weeks from now. By a month. It's two weeks from now, Wade. Two October. weeks. October. Um, we're going to, we're going to do a little bit of fun here for Joker for October. And I'll get with you guys after we stop recording here and tell you what I'm thinking. But, uh, we're, we're planning just, it's nothing big, but just, just a little bit of goofy fun for that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'll just tease that for now and then we'll, uh, we'll drop it when it happens. Um, but, uh, so yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that too. God, I kind of want to, I just want to do it right now. The whole damn bit. Don't tell him. Don't, don't, don't. 
All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. Listeners, we'll just hit it with you when it comes. But yeah. um, but yeah. Uh, once again, thank you, uh, Robert and Vanessa, um, for joining us. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and close out the show here. And first, uh, we'll go with Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Sarah. Where can Why they find always- you? <laughs> <First>. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter at SCBOX. So it's going to be S-S-E-A-B-O-C-K. Excellent. And Mike? At Mike Mixtape. I also have a Power Rangers podcast called Go Into the Grid. You can actually follow that on Twitter as well, at Go Into the Grid. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can follow me. Excellent. And Kaylin? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kaylin Rose seven one five K A L Y N R O S E seven one five, and I had a super fun Twitter experience today because I tweeted at Clark Wolf and she responded, and I've been living on that high all day today. So excellent. There you go. And Robert and Vanessa make up late to the party. The, uh, there, there is another gentleman with them on the YouTube channel, but they are the team in Schmodown. Um, why don't you guys go ahead and let us know anything you got going on? Plug your show, Schmodown, anything at all. Check out the Schmodown match against the Wildberries. That just dropped recently. So go find that on the Schmodown YouTube channel. But for us, on all the social networking gin joints, just seek out Late to the Party and do the thing. On our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Stardust. Yeah, you guys know where to find them. (laughs) All right. And if you care to, you may find me at jwade1134. That is the letter J. W-A-D-E-1134. I am only on the Twitter, and you can probably tell I'm only on the Twitter because I'm old as hell and I call it the Twitter. Um, <laughs> you can find this show along with Talk and Schmodown and Go Get That Rose on the Merc with the Movie blog feed on Anchor as well as your other podcasting platforms. Uh, you can follow Merc with the Movie blog on Twitter at Movie Blog Merc. That is Merc. M-E-R-C, or you can go online. Uh, the website is MerkWithAMovieBlog.com. has some articles and other stuff over there for you to check out. This will do it for this week of After Live. Thanks again to our guests late to the party. It was a hell of a good time. And everyone, have a great, great week. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank <laughs> you.